Welcome everyone to Council of Beersfall 4. All beverage, no leverage. That's right, 4. Fiasco Boots is the last one. Because <laughs> he has to host the next one. <laughs> so, uh, we are here to talk about lore, as we always do in these sessions. But of course, I'm not alone. I have, I'm Allie. I don't know if I actually said my name. I'm Allie. Hi. But <laughs> I have my friends in lore with me. Uh, from for Azeroth, we have True Villain Manny. Hello, Allie. Thank you for having me back on this. Uh, I'm going to skip the usual um platitudes about what i've been doing obviously we've we play wow it's been a bit of a lull but uh we were talking a little bit pre-show about the mount hunt so like that's continuing on and everything's good but what i really really want to talk about 9.1.5 has something that a lot of people are skipping over and that simply is they switched around the actual dungeons that we do for time walking. Uh-huh. I'm so happy. There were some that for I loved. Part. Yeah. There were some that I loved. There were some that I, I didn't love so much. And, oh, baby, I am in. Because I that's one of the mounts that I'm missing. Stupid boots. I wasn't going to talk much about uh, mounts, but we'll still talk about this one. Stupid boots <laughs> has the time reaver. I and still I'm, have that. I don't have the time reaver. up inside. You don't? Okay, it's good. We're on. Time Reaver will be mine. <laughs> and every week I'm so like, I should do time walking. And then there's those dungeons that you don't quite like. If I had but- the Time Reaver, I wouldn't be sitting here talking with you schmucks. <laughs> well, there we go. There we go. So no, now the race is on. You'd be rubbing in Manny's face. Fair. So you would be. Mm. Mm, okay okay well, there you go but yes i intend to uh do a bunch of time walking especially with the like new mount that you can purchase already got that like 5k uh badges set, set aside but also because with the new legion time walking i can like get all those paragon chests by buying those uh rep and hopefully i'll get the last paragon mount that i need uh boots close your ears and forget that you heard this but yes, that's what I'm up for. Nine point one point five. Well, now you can you can solo islands. Do you have all your island mounts? I do not. Who wants to do islands with me? No one. Wait, I, I love islands. It. Forget it. I love islands. <laughs> love islands. I'm so happy. <laughs> well, really quick before we move on, what are you drinking tonight? Because it is beer as fall, so you gotta be drinking something alcoholic or non-alcoholic. It's all good. Well, you know, pre-show was a little long, and, and this empty glass is all that remains of my beverage. <laughs> uh, it, it, yeah. It was good. It was orange juice, though. It wasn't something special. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be moving on to this nice little water bottle, and uh, we'll go from there. No spicy water, just <laughs> just water. No spicy water. What? What? Okay. Anyways, <laughs> no spicy water. Uh, and next up, we have his co-host on for Azeroth, Jared. Hi. Hi. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm I'm good. What you good. What you been up to? <laughs> good. I've been playing a lot of classic lately, uh, specifically Burning Crusade classic. 
haven't really been doing a whole lot in retail really to speak of because like many said we're we're in a lull there's not really a whole lot going on but i'm having a lot of fun getting uh getting the last of my attunements done for phase two of burning crusade classic that's uh, that's an activity (laughs) yeah it is did you at least do the dungeons it's a bit of a chore, and uh, you know, I did the last two dungeons that I needed to complete uh, one of the attunements that I have left, and uh, one of the one of those is to go into Architraz and to save Millhouse Manastorm uh, from from the prison that he was in, and you have to keep him alive, and we unfortunately didn't keep him alive, so I didn't get credit for the quest, which you means I have to go die? back in tomorrow. It's a really difficult dungeon. It's a really difficult dungeon <laughs> at level with the gear that, that we have. So, you know, it's it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I got to go back in tomorrow. It's fine. It's fine. I just have to make sure that I get the quest done before Monday because that's when my guild is running McTheridan and I have to make sure that it's done <laughs> before we get to McTheridan so that I can actually get credit for the quest. And it's, it's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine here. Everything's fine. I promise. <laughs> but uh, I, you know, since this is beer as well, I am drinking uh, some uh, Captain Morgan. I'm going to try that again. I'm drinking Captain, Captain Morgan <laughs> private stock. I got ahead of myself. All right. Fight me. Yeah, maybe you should slow down on the Captain Marvin. <laughs> Captain Marvin the Martian here. Captain Marvin. <laughs> it's a good drink. It's, it's out of this world. <laughs> wow. Wow. A different captain. It's a different captain. I'm sure he's the captain of his ship. It works. <laughs> well, for the record, despite Marvin the Martian, I'm actually really proud of you for drinking uh, the best rum ever. So, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. It is. It is. Next up, we have the Shoe Boots, who Hi, has Allie. a really great stream of his raid. Yeah, that's about all I got like going on right now. <laughs> thanks hey. for thanks for churching it up. <laughs> <laughs> It's good stuff. I've seen seen your stream. It's good stuff. Boots, you're underselling it. I have seen you do the raids, and then you've done those awesome um, transmog farms afterwards, and you pick up some pets. Ali, I'm I'm sorry to cut this cut this short, but you actually introduced me properly. Could you please introduce me as Beerus Fall first Keystone Master Champion Shoe Boots? This interview is over. <laughs> For those of you that aren't aware, awful. I'm just gonna let you do that. That's fine. For those of you that aren't aware, um, I am the first person before you to achieve Keystone Master in season two. Uh, some some thought it was going to be theirs, um, and those people ended up getting it a day after me, which uh, is what we call up here in Canada second place. <laughs> Um, yeah, I've, uh, I, I've, um, a lot's changed since our last Beerus fall, uh, for me in gaming, I've, uh, I've, I've stepped down from my, from my raid team that I used to, to raid with. And I'm just kind of, uh, in a rebuilding phase right now. I'm looking to build a new raid team for 9.2, but Lord knows when that's going to be. So I've been just running with some other pals and it's been, uh, 
it's been some trials and tribulations. They're uh, they're really good people. I like them a lot, but they just uh, it's kind of it's one of those teams where you've got half the team. I think is is kind of like me. They're uh, they're on that team because it's a little more casual because they can't really rate as much as they want, but they really uh, you know kind of dream of being kind of a more hardcore raider and they try to do their best with the time that they have. And then the other half, good people, but they're just there to have fun and you can't fault them for being just there to have fun, but you can see the underpinnings of some cliche frustrations on this raid team <laughs> between the two groups. So, uh, um, I'm, I'm not here to complain. They've been gracious enough to allow me to join them late in the tier. So, uh, yeah, we're working on uh, AOTC, working on Sylvanas, and hopefully we'll we'll get her down soon. I know that Manny does not have AOTC. I'm not sure about the rest of you, but really what's most important is that I get it before Manny so that I can be... <laughs> Ideally, two one day two. before. Yeah, that would be a perfect. day before specifically. <laughs> you, you know what's great that he that he gets this one season because like he's got to cling on to whatever little thing he can get. <laughs> For the record, I've gotten Keystone Master every season it's been available. So yes, yes, after me, every season it's been available. I mean, I, I can't really verify that one way or the other. I can only really look at this season. So oh, oh. well, lucky thing here, I've got the simple army out and I. I can just go look back. Let's That's see not an official source. Legacy. <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. That's it for me. What's drinking? Oh, yeah. I am drinking. Um, I know I, I'll, I'll leave it to Jen to talk more about his current situation, but usually we rely on Jen to make sure at least somebody's drinking a beer. But uh, it didn't seem possible this this time around. So I made sure that I'm drinking a beer and I'm keeping it simple. I got myself a yellow jacket here, a Coors Original Banquet <laughs> beer. This is my this is my go to low rent beer. And I can tell you for low rent, it's got a hell of a view. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> oh goodness. Okay. Well, that's that's good. Thanks for that. <laughs> and last but not least, we have Jin, my co-host over on Live Laugh Lore. Hello. How are you? I'm fantastic. I'm, you know, just hanging out here, just just chilling, just listening to these two banter back and forth about how much they hate each other yet love each other at the same time. It's a beautiful <laughs> thing. <laughs> so. It is. It is. That's right. <clears throat> yeah, but anyway, I've been, you know, me, I've been, you know, over there trying to kill Sylvanas unsuccessfully. So uh, I also do not have AOTC, but we are working on it. Um, so, yeah, that's what we're doing right now. Trying to, trying to work on that. And, um... Yeah, and we're, if we're because yeah, no, me, I'm boring right now on because like we talk about, there's a lull in the game. Like it's, uh, I'm raid logging right now, everybody raid logging. So <laughs> that's what I'm doing. Anyway, um, yeah, we're gonna talk about what I'm drinking. Well, tonight we're drinking this beautiful in the Starbucks cup. It's not Starbucks. It is not Starbucks. <laughs> uh, it is actually Trader Joe's. Cold brew concentrate. Now, as you're like, hmm, Jen, why are you drinking cold brew concentrate? Well, if you listen to Live Live Lore, you would know that I am currently doing what is known as the 75 hard challenge, and I am 53 days into it. So I am currently 53 days sober. 
And uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a long time, and I'm not going to uh, f it up now uh, because um, supposedly the rules are if you screw up, you just start over from the beginning. And uh, no, thank you. I will not be not right starting over. Nope. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> not starting over from the beginning. I'm just going to finish, and it's going to be beautiful and wonderful. I mean, yeah. To tell you about what I've like been doing in, in real world, I'll brag for a little bit about myself. I was very happy with myself. I was able to run six miles today. Uh, you know, Jeez. under 10 minute miles too. It was good to go. Wow. So yeah, look at me. I'm freaking kicking ass. So yeah. Wow. Swolgen. Are you swolgen yet? No, no. I'm fast, Jen, but not swol. <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm working on that. That's uh, yeah, it's, but yeah, no, it's it's yeah, that's that takes much longer. That's that's a much longer <laughs> term goal to get the big muscles. Yeah, I'm not I'm not Lance yet. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> Mr. Lance. Plays. He's working. He's working on the ligaments at this point. The Jim, muscles yeah. are after. I didn't mm-hmm, realize right. that you just I, that you just start over if you screw up. That's that's kind of a cool rule. I'd actually, with that in mind, I'd like to announce that I am also. On the hard seventy-five challenge, <laughs> day one, day one, and uh, day zero, if you will. <laughs> oh, just give a sip. Start again. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, yeah, that's me. That's what I'm up to. Yeah, Trader Joe's uh, coffee is pretty good, though. So, yeah. no, don't worry, no sugies, none of that. It's just just a little bit of cream. We're good to go. So, yeah, not breaking any rules, anybody. If you're watching, <laughs> keeping me honest. That's it. No, no. So what have you been up to, Allie? How, how you been? Hmm? Uh, I've been really busy. So one of, the, one of the good things about being busy with content creation and life and whatnot is there's things in 9-1 that I still haven't finished that I'm working on. <laughs> like, I still haven't gotten my um, archivist to level rank whatever six. So I'm still working on that when I have a chance. I still, like, I have my Holy Priest legendary like maxed out, but not my shadow priest. I'm still working on that. And my raid team, we don't have AOTC yet. So we're working on that. We actually just Thursday, I missed one of the kills, unfortunately, because I was working on my show, but we finally downed um, soul render on heroic Dormazane over there. And then I logged in just in time to help them with the remnant kill. So we got our first like two kills of those two, which was awesome. And that felt really good nice. after weeks and weeks of working on that. So no AOTC yet, but we'll get it. But we, you know, after you grind some bosses for a while, like you just, you just really need a win and it feels really good. And we, we really needed a win. So it felt really good. And I'm bummed I missed the Dormazane kill, but it's okay. It just means it'll be easier next week when I'm there for it. And be fine. Yeah, Dormazane's also so. one of those bosses that's just like you're beating your head against the wall for an indeterminate amount of time before you get the kill. And, and the time that you do get the kill is just like, oh, 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 we won. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, and for us, like Dormazane wasn't a problem. So we we were wiping for I think two or three raid nights on Remnant. Like our raid progression nights tend to be Thursdays. Um and except for whatever. Um yeah, they tend to be Thursdays and so we had spent, I think, three or four Thursdays in a row wiping to Remnant. And we were done. Because, like, we, we understood how to do it. And we got the placement. It's just, there's just RNG. And if someone messes up, it just messes up everything. And we were like, no. We're like, we need a break. Let's go to Dormazane. We spent one night on Dormazane. Got him to, like, 3%. It was amazing. And then this was only the second day of it, of going for it. And we already got it. So that was, that was real go. good. And it 
and remnant felt really it was really smooth it was like creepy smooth so i don't know if creepy smooth is a thing but it is now and creepy that smooth. was us new band <laughs> name smooth. called it it's <laughs> yeah, it. a good name. new new prog rock ga- uh, band <laughs> <laughs> creepy smooth creepy smooth mm. <laughs> that's what the vocalist like sounds like exactly <laughs> <laughs> well, you heard it here, folks. I'm actually the lead singer of Creepy Smooth, if you didn't know it. So, sorry about that. Well, <laughs> learned something new. I could totally yeah, see you doing you that. Yeah, you did. You learned something new to that. Sounds like mm-hmm. a band that would have an organ. <laughs> Probably. I think that would be really fitting. We yeah. have a theremin as well. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, two violinists. It's necessary, I promise. Absolutely. <laughs> But uh, I'm also I'm with you, Boots. I am actually drinking beer and and bring the bottle, but I, I brought a Stein. So uh, it's Kager. I forget. I forget what it's actually called. Uh, no, it wasn't a kegger, but it was in a nice growler. Um, I forget what's actually uh, what kind of beer it is. I can tell you, it's called Special Hell, um, and it's delicious. It's so my husband has a friend who just. Uh, bought like part of a brewery and he's like co-owning it and so we went to like go like support him and we actually brought some home and this is it's it's pretty it's pretty it might be a dunkle might be a dunkle it's really good and i love it and i'm very happy right now dunkle a dunkle like it's to, fancy. to hook a monitor up to your laptop <laughs> sure yes <laughs> same thing. No, that's, same a, thing. that's a dongle. Yeah, it's, 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 no. We're talking about dunkles. Dunkle. It's like a yeah. Dunkin' Donut, but slightly different. Slightly. Oh, we don't have that up here. <laughs> Only slightly. Okay, sli- it's like a Tim Hortons, but slightly different. Okay. Oh, Tim Bits. Dunkin' Donuts, Dunkle. Tim, Tim Hortons Donuts. Timbit, I get what it. They, actually, what does Dunkin' Donuts call their donut holes? Like every I think donut, donut holes. Donut holes. Utterly unimaginative. <laughs> every other donut chain has like a their own name for donut holes. Like it's it's almost like it's copyrighted or something. Yeah, it's probably just, Dunkin' Donuts. They're just trying to be cute. That's well, it. That reminds me, if you're in the Toronto area, probably the best donuts I've ever had in my life. There's a donut shop. I'm not making this up in Toronto called Glory Hole. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I know, Manny, you live in the Toronto area. They are and I've been it's damn good. It's <laughs> insanely good donuts. We've been informed by Sarif uh, in the chat that uh, Dunkin' Donuts calls their donut holes munchkins. Thank you. I'm sorry to Google that. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, you so I that, haven't like, had a donut ding? in 53 days, so you guys are pissing me off right now. So. <laughs> <laughs> I had a donut I have not had a donut in months. I'm going to go with something like 18 months or longer. Now, if you're from the, the Portland or Austin areas, uh, the best donuts you'll ever have are from a shop called Voodoo. Yeah, Voodoo is good. We have one of those here. Those are actually really good. Oh, hey. Now you're to stay away from the It's probably for the best. As well. it's, it's probably for the best. Stay away from the voodoo. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think we should we should talk about some lore stuff. Let's. Not, not donuts? Make me hungry again? I mean, no? we can if you want, but I'd rather not torture you too much. Oh, okay. only, a little, only a little bit of torture. Okay. I need another yellow jacket, so... Don't say anything Do substantial it. for the next 20 seconds. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing substantial. Well, uh, we can start going around and talk about things, and he just, he's just going to have to catch up. It's fine. It's fine. 
So what I would like to know, amongst many things, is uh, what happens to the Maw now that Zaval is off adventuring? Now it doesn't have its keeper there. And we're tr- I'm just going to call you guys. We're just going to go around, and it's going to be great. Uh, Wait, did you say something with- substantial? No. I-, I said the first question, and you have your notes. Oh. So it wasn't substantial. Okay. <laughs> so, Manny, what happens to the Maw now? Okay, so <clears throat> there's two things that can happen. Actually, three things. The first is that without uh, Zoval in place, uh, we may see the... Um, constructs of the Maw become much like the Scourge was when we lost the Lich King, feral and attacking all over the place. Uh, this would be very cool story-wise, would be a great thing to throw into the patch. I'm going to say it's the least likely of the three options because I just I suspect that what's going to happen is that uh, we're going to leave the Maw behind. People can go there to do their Corthia thing if they so happen to choose, but I think the Maw is... Is going to be left in the dust. Option two, the power vacuum left by Zorval leaving the Maw is taken uh, taken up, and they start making Maw bits, little holes of uh, donuts <laughs> forged in <Ma> darkness. Donuts. <laughs> and and honestly, this is more likely than them actually doing anything else. So the third option, which I think is the is uh, is going to be pretty strong, is that we're going to see the Primus and the rest of the Covenants take uh, take hold of a lot of uh, a lot of the Maw. So you know, quelling the dissident Maw people, perhaps some of the more reserved or um, redeemable souls getting like shipped back to Revendreth to be like, okay, let's actually try and like redeem you. But uh, I suspect that yes, it'll be in unrest until they can play place in a new Jailer of the Damned. Hmm. So kind of like what you would see with, or, or what we did see with the fall of the Lich King, where we had to replace the Lich King. Yes, but I think that the the difference between the Scourge and Azeroth and what we have seen of the Maw Sworn forces in, in the Maw is that those forces have minds of their own. They are able to act autonomously other than just going out and ravaging the world. So... I think that's it. It is going to be like okay, po- pockets of resistance that are led by like some uh, some force commanders and stuff that haven't been killed when we sacked the Sanctum of Domination. Um, obviously, some of the strongest forces still left there in the halls of Torgas, and like pockets that were around the Maw, probably around like you no know, Zoval's Cauldron and all that sort of thing, but. I'm not sure if we're going to see that fully represented in the game. Mm, that that I'm not entirely sure. Well, it kind of fits with my line of thinking of the story that they've unveiled so far in 9.1 with, you know, Sylvanas coming to realize, oh, we don't actually have a choice. So, like, that that begs the question, like, do the rest of them actually think the same way Sylvanas does? Like, do, do the rest of them think that they have some modicum of choice in in how they go about their business or are they like just full full on chugging kool-aid like what 
what's going on with with them because I, I don't really think that it's that much different than the scourge when it comes to the Mosshorn forces. Personally, I don't know. That seems a little silly. I mean, if you think about like what is the Moss? It's a freaking. It sucks. Like why? No one wants to go to the Moss. It's freaking torture. So the jailer's gone. Basically, the the warden is gone. Okay, so it's they're going to turn it into a freaking beautiful, uh, like sunny vacation. Like, why wouldn't like, you know, the inmates are now in charge. They're going to set it up and it's going to be they're like, you know, what? I'm sick and tired of being tortured. Why? Like, I don't want to be tortured anymore. Like, get the hell out of this friggin tour gas and let's make a nice little uh, you know, vacation home off of the side. You know, why? Why wouldn't you do that? Like. Just make make do the best you can out of the area that you have in the mall because the mall sucks. You don't want to be in the mall. That's dumb. So um, just going to make the best out of it. So, yeah, I think that's what they're going to do. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do you just think gonna... they could break free into Azeroth? No. There's a nice no big wide open. No. 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 All we're doing. All we're doing is introducing a little anarchy. There is. I mean. <laughs> If you look at the lore, technically, there is a way that that could happen in that as you adventure through Sanctum of Domination, the NPCs are commenting that the Maw is growing to the size that it has engulfed Oribos. And that's why the final battle takes place in Oribos. And uh, it is canonical that there is a portal to Stormwind and uh, Orgrimmar in Oribos. So in theory, you could have a, a possible, but that's like kind of like... Like n- nerds that don't think critically theory, that's kind of like, like, eh, well, technically you can do it. But like from a storytelling <laughs> perspective, it doesn't really make much, much sense, right? Like I, I think, Jane, you said something actually in the last Beerus Fall. I don't know if it was your original idea, but I certainly uh, have only heard it from you. This idea of like, what was the mob before Zoval was sent there? You can tell that there once upon a time was like well-laid roads and like there's there's traces of what looks like it was actually a society there at one point, And now it's, it's all in, it's all in wreckage. So the question I have, and I don't know, maybe some of you guys know if this has ever been answered. I don't know. Is the Ma Zoval's original covenant location? No. Or is it where he went after he became the jailer? I don't know the answer to that. No, but I actually, think- no. Yeah. I'm, yeah, when you said that, I was about to be like, you know, offhand, no. But then I was like, wait, no, you bring up a great, great point. It absolutely could be. It absolutely could be where he originally came from, you know, in his old dusty looking armor. <laughs> right. Yeah. So-, so I think there's I think there's a couple of hints that show that it's not his original uh, place, but it hasn't been said, uh, said one way or another definitively. No, Zoval came from uh, came from somewhere else or if they had re- vised his realm into like what is now known as the maw um one of the things is that yeah you can it has been said that the the like very ground of the maw is built from like souls that have been uh, smashed into dust and like uh eventually concreted uh, down and like that's where um the maw is right now but uh there has been connections between zorval and and the uh thros and going through with uh them but also the maw sworn themselves they are constructs much like the arbiter's um uh the arbiter's attendants right 
And I know we did not say this at the top and it has been said in chat. There will be spoilers if you have not been through 9.1. So let me <laughs> yeah. let me tell you this. Air muffs, air muffs, air muffs. <laughs> it has been revealed that the jailer was the original arbiter. He sat in Orbos and the attendants had their memories wiped <laughs> to no longer serve him. So if that was where he set up shop, right? And he it's had those attendants. He didn't have a covenant, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's also possible that he did have a covenant and then when they created the uh, the uh the machine of death that as we know it, he then moved into Orbos. So mm-hmm. There's like there's a number of things, but the maw is not his original purpose. He was chained down there. He was he, uh, they put the runes of domination into him. His original powers were locked away, and then he used that domination power on the souls and stuff to create his army and all of yeah. those. That's why they are constructs of like heaped together uh, metal that are like um bound by yeah. soul keeping them together i mean in in theory every everything that was once a mortal soul which that arrives in the maw which is essentially everything other than zoval himself or maybe a couple brokers like venari um essentially everything there arrived as just a spirit so they were given a form at some point um and to circle back to like the question what happens to the maw well uh loose change in the chat said like why why is it that you die when you fall off the side of the maw, which I thought was a good point and kind of funny, but, uh, uh, but it also reminds me of like the maw isn't necessarily the land in the maw. The maw is, is a location where the land is, and it hasn't necessarily always been there. We actually witnessed in the beginning of 9.1, Corthia was dragged into the maw, right? So it's possible that the land that we consider the maw is simply land that was you know, one of those places out in the Shadowlands that was pulled into the Maw when they decided to jail Zoval. Um, True. We, we don't know. But so in terms of what happens to the Maw, well, from a gameplay perspective, I think not much. I think we've had our time there. We're going to move on. We're going to wherever the sepulcher is or sepulcher, sepulchre, whatever, <laughs> you know, uh, the first ones, then that's where that's – where that's where our business is taking us next. And I think that uh, we've had our time in the Maw. Uh, canonically, I think uh, it's going to depend. Like, are they going to shrink the Maw back down or is Ouroboros now forever stuck in the Maw? It could be a moment. Um, like the way I think that this expansion ends is a totally rethinking of the way the Shadowlands is organized. So I think that the Maw could become a place of redemption or a place. There's so many souls there now that they could, you know, try to make a go of it. Kind of like, like what Jin was saying, I don't know about sunshine and lollipops, but, uh, (laughs) but they could uh, try to build something different because I mean, one thing that seems uh, for sure at this point is that the whole machine of death, the arbiter, whether it was Zoval first or the artificial arbiter second, the covenants, all of the shadowlands, this is all artificial. It's not something that always was. And it, it, it's basically something that, uh, uh, not the first ones, but the, the, what are they called? The eternal ones, eternals. Yeah. Not to be confused with, uh, no, it's eternal ones just to make that full Uh, different differentiation. Yeah, I know the Marvel (laughs) movies coming. So, uh, anyways, uh, the, um, (laughs) the eternal ones, 
it's they basically built it right like we've played through quest lines where um uh where they talk about how they built these different places right so they can build it again and i think that the storyline will be that they are going to build it again they've they're they've learned their lesson they're going to build something totally new and uh they've learned a lot from the mortals about how to do about things they can do. We've already seen in the storyline that the Kyrians have sort of learned that their way is not really working. So they're already rethinking. Obviously, um, uh, Denathrius, his situation was not tenable. So they're going to have to rethink that. Um, yeah, I think that's, I think that's where it goes. Um, it is going to be one of those things, in my opinion, that they're probably just going to put on the shelf, and who knows if they'll ever take it off the shelf. I don't think it's something we'll see in game, but uh, but that's what I would say. Yeah, one of the thoughts that I've kind of always had with, like, since since we've kind of seen the 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 you know the cutscenes of the raid and seeing like uh, not just the raid cutscene, but the all of the the stuff surrounding Oribos and and where the uh, the eternal ones kind of have their their place in Oribos. Um, it seems as though Zoval is an equal to the rest of them, as if he he was just one part of what all of them did, and all of them kind of had the role of arbiter together because they they all have their own pedestal around the the seat of the arbiter. Um, so that I've I've kind of always questioned because of that. I've I've always questioned the idea that Zoval was the like the arbiter and wasn't just part of the process in some way um like maybe took on like a like maybe a, the leadership role of everything but uh like I, I think that was probably definitely the case um but i kind of view it in the same way that like uh like the the Eidner in um Lord of the Rings lore. Um kind of how you had like Morgoth that was the like the the one that went away or like was against the rest of them and wanted to do their own thing. That's kind of how I view Zaval is that they're all equal, but Zaval just wanted to do something different than what the rest of them wanted to do and was exiled for it. I yeah, mean, clearly, I, I don't think. Oh, sorry, sorry. I, I don't think that um, Zoval is too much more powerful than the rest of them. Obviously, they were open, they were able to work together and to defeat him. It's, honestly, it feels like a Power Rangers thing where they each had their like sort of purpose and and that it came together. But like Zorval is the leader, and then Zoval goes off the deep end and is like, "Yeah, we can like we can take over, we can do this ourselves," and it's like. Um, uh, Tommy, Tommy, no, 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 Tommy, we shouldn't be doing this. And then you have the Primus who is like the military guy who gets to like lead their forces, but it was a hard fought battle. Apparently they had to work together. So he did have some, uh, lever- uh leverage over them. Denathrius c- clearly kept his loyalties close to the vest and, and played, uh, played against both sides, but he had to have stood with them at some point in in order to avoid being thrown into the maw alongside his brother. So I think that it just became a matter of numbers. And, uh, and when you put them all together and they're like, okay, uh, you need all of our keys to do this. 
he couldn't he couldn't uh, make it work. Got thrown into thrown into jail, imprisoned, became the jailer of the uh, the damned. But he could have had some form of executive power as like the arbiter, where it's like, okay, your role is to make sure everybody gets their fair share, and he's just uh, and. Maybe he had been taking skimming a little off the top for himself and that had made him a little more powerful. But I don't see him as like on another tier above the rest of them. Yeah, I always assumed he was on par with the rest of them, even though he may have been, you know, the arbiter. But I I don't know, just to me, because on their podium, like they all have their own little you know, sections, right? And we see where his obviously was. And it's all like crack and crumble and stuff. So mm-hmm. I just immediately took that as they were all on the same like power level and level of importance. Um, I hadn't considered the fact that maybe they all worked together to be the arbiter and he was just leading it. That's I'll, I'll process that one more. That's interesting. Yeah. I gotta, I don't, I don't buy I, I don't buy what you guys are selling. I think he was clearly the arbiter and he was above them all. And, uh, I think if you look at the actually floor plan of the top floor of Oribos, he doesn't have an equal space to the rest of them. His is high. Uh, I don't know if it's actually higher than theirs, but it's in a special spot outside of the pattern. Um, he is their leader. Now, he he's not so powerful that he controls everything because clearly they were able to overpower him. But yeah. uh, but I, I would say that uh, he was he was the leader. He was the arbiter. He wanted to know more about the the first ones, and for reasons we don't understand yet, that was uh, a real problem, and so they took care of them. Yeah, I mean, I think one thing that's clear, though, if you think about it, is it, the power of the Arbiter was actually his sigil, because they were able to create a... You right, know, they took it. Yeah, they, they were able to take his sigil with the little Ouroboros, right, right down yeah. there, and... They were able to, with it, create a construct arbiter where they're like, man, we'll just, that one doesn't think. It just does the arbiter job, <laughs> right? It's just, mm-hmm. So that's, and I think that's one of the, the things that's important to keep in mind is that it was just his, it was his sigil that gave him, him the ability to do it. Um, so yeah, if he were to just step in with the, the job um, without the sigil, he wouldn't be able to do it. And I think as much as the weird thing where they kind of play off the sigils, the sigils may actually play an important role later because from my understanding is uh, in nine two, we're going to be creating new sigils because that's what we have. Or didn't we just recently create it? Yeah. We already re- yeah, created we them. Yeah. yeah For we everyone created but the Arbiter's sigil. Yeah. And then the, uh, that's right. And then the, uh, the Primus was like, uh, I gotta go find a, a fifth one. Guys, <laughs> give me a minute. <laughs> Well, I guess on that note, do we think the Arbiter is going to get a jump start? Do we think we're going to get the Arbiter, get Sigil back and like shoved into the Arbiter's chest? And well, she's gonna gone, right? right? Back up? If, you watch, if you watch the cutscene, she evaporates oh, yeah, into nothingness. She's dead. She's, <clears throat> she's, she's she's totally, I mean, I, I guess they could make another one since they made her. But yeah. uh, she got she get Thanos snapped. <laughs> That's right. She did. I, I get so excited. We finally killed Sylvanas. I, I think I... Uh, I missed that aspect of it. I was just like, I just want to get a loop. Um, yeah, you're right. You're right. I totally forgot that she did. Okay. Just forgot that. Uh, so now that the plans of Zofal and his minions are exposed, we've talked about how, you know, the Ma may or may not change. How do we think Shadowlands on the whole is going to change going forward? So clearly we've seen some of the changes. Boots, 
clearly said that we've seen in Bastion how they are changing their ways. They're no longer about um, loyalty, blind uh, uh, blind loyalty and obedience. They're talking about devotion and uh, earning the loyalty from people uh, and accepting that some are made stronger by their memories and some memories should be let go. So it's a far more nuanced view of like how they can dispatch uh, dispatch their duties. Each of the Shadowlands will continue their uh, their duties. I don't believe that the machine was necessarily broken in in what it was supposed to do, but I believe that like all of the systems were incredibly rigid and that caused them to break under the slightest strain. All of the issues that you come across when you are first going there in 9.0 aren't stuff that the jailer introduced. He just exasperated those issues. The different houses being at each other and the infighting. In there was always that competition. They had the arena there. They uh, You walk in and even though they're trying to act as business normal, their business as normal is throwing their best worries at each other and seeing who lives. So there was always that friction in Maldraxxus. There was always the like strain of the, uh, of the path and following the path in, in Bastion and so, uh, and so forth. And so what we're going to see is the machine reformed to continue its basic function, but do it in a way that, Again, allows for nuance, allows for uh, for some flexibility, and maybe this is Blizzard telling us how we should actually have conversations in general. Because there's a lot of conversations we have these days that lack a lot of nuance and flexibility of opinion. Um, so <laughs> I could see that being the the lesson that like you can do the right thing, but go about it the wrong way, and that leads to ruin. And I think that's what the Shadowlands is about. So we're going to see them do it the right way going forward. Hmm. Yeah, I think if I were to say what how the Shadowlands is going to change, um, I think that they're trying to go with a much bolder kind of storytelling option, this kind of expansion. So I honestly feel like they might go like, oh, look, Zavol kind of won. We stopped him, so the universe wasn't destroyed. But in many ways, Sylvanas kind of got what she wanted, and the afterlife has been reshaped and remade where you have the choice the arbiter doesn't really a thing anymore so i wouldn't be surprised if they you know they went the route of hey you you get your free will you know you don't have to you know you don't have to go and serve these different realms and things like that it's a you know going back to my you know lollipops and, and rainbows and things like that maybe that's what the shadowlands is going to be like now everyone's, everyone's super happy <laughs> you just show up and you know it's just it's a, it's like, it's like the good kind of anarchy where they're just like, hey, do what you want, man. Just do what you want. You want to go over here to Bastion? It's cool. It's cool. You can go over there, hang out with Carestria and and all them, and you know, maybe, maybe ferry some souls or don't, or don't. That's fine. You don't have to. So yeah, that's uh, I, I feel like uh, Sylvanas may kind of get her wish, even though she'll probably be destroyed into oblivion by the end of this. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Or just spend the rest of your time, uh, you know, just going into Ardenwild and putting on kitschy plays. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. I'd well, watch them. If I think of this like from like play? a storytelling perspective, I think about like, okay, how did this start and what is the dramatic end to it? And this started as a place of order where and judgment, right? Souls, mortal souls really had no say in what their fate was. When they died, they just they were judged by this this system that uh, 
I mean, the arbiter is like literally a robot. Like we, they like, it's just a calculated, like algorithmic decision on where you go. And, uh, and that's it. And so the arbiter has gone now. I think that where I would like to see this story go is some sort of ending where there's a fundamental change in how the, uh, the Shadowlands works, right? That, uh, that these mortal souls can have some level of decision on where they go. Kind of like what has just been said, but I don't think it works if people can just decide they want to go to Bastion. Cause if you have like jackasses going to Bastion, then Bastion stops working and <laughs> nobody's going to like opt to go to Revendreth. <laughs> you know, I led a pretty bad life. I think I need to be punished for, countless lifetimes to repent for my sins. I think that would be where I want to go. Like no one's going to say that. Maybe some people's scenes. You don't know. Don't judge. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe people just... that are choosing that actually didn't leave bad lives. They're just, uh, you know, that's that's their kink and I'm not here to shame maybe it. Maybe they want to but... do the torturing. It's fine. Yeah. We don't shame. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't think it's, it's I, I mean, I hope that it, that it wouldn't be as simple as just saying people can choose where they want now, but maybe like, because the system is now already just funneling people straight to the maw and that's it. But also the maw is expanding. Will they shrink it back down? I don't know. I, I just see a situation where maybe these kind of covenants can still pick and choose who comes to them on some level. But in general, I think that, uh, the souls of, of what were once mortals are, are going to have much more agency in what their afterlife looks like. Well, something that, that I always thought was interesting um, about the, the way that the Shadowlands was presented in the first place was that they clearly they came out saying there are infinite places within the Shadowlands. There are infinite different destinations within the Shadowlands. Yeah. Uh, but we only get to see these, these five. Right. So I feel like they're where they're going is that they're opening up the rest of it because it it could very well be a thing where like for time as it's been, um, you know, previous to, you know, the the breaking of the Shadowlands um, that all of these souls that were going to the Shadowlands just were kind of forced into these like one of these four places uh, plus the Maw. Uh, for the the quote unquote irredeemable ones, um, but what if that's not how it was initially supposed to play out to begin with? What if they like it was supposed to be way more open? What if these these four were pulling more than their fair share, uh, and threw the Shadowlands out of balance with the amount of souls that they were pulling into them? Uh, so I, I wonder if it's not a case of these four are just going to be taken down a peg. Well, I would almost say that I would say that's a misconception. I think that when you are seeing the original Arbiter thing, when the Arbiter before the Arbiter gets hit by the big red meteorite and uh, turns off, there are tons of gate. And when you're up there at the Arbiter's uh, pedestal in like 9.0, anywhere ahead of 9.1, you see all these gates that uh, that are there. The four get pulled uh, pulled in because that's where the eternal ones are. But not every realm has an eternal one. So we go to those realms, we fix the problems that are there, but there are countless realms beyond that do have souls in them that were getting some amount of souls. And 
I think that they explain this one as a way to sh- show that, hey, you're not going to run a- into everybody who's passed because some of these people have gone to other realms, right, that you won't visit yourself. And uh, and two, it's so that if they want to introduce another realm later on in maybe we revisit the Shadowlands or later in this own expansion, it's not coming out of nowhere. There's all these gates that we can go to. And it's like, OK, let's open up this gate. No, there is no eternal one there, but there is the leader of this place, which is an ancient soul from blah, 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 blah. So I believe that those places were getting souls. They were getting um, some amount of souls. You could be right that the uh, four major realms were getting the largest amounts of souls because their importance is there. Uh, but uh, but like that's just to keep the machine running. Yeah, I've I've always interpreted that like these four realms are not exclusive, but that they are getting a, a a very large share of the souls just because they represent where so many types of the souls would go that are important to our story. Like powerful warriors are important to World of Warcraft story. So of course they're right. gonna go to Maldraxis, right? Uh tree huggers are important to WoW lore. So of course <laughs> they're gonna go to Ardenwild. But like there's other people that are not important, right? That are farmers or or I, I mean I'm not crapping on farmers i'm saying like in warcraft lore like it, people who aren't heroes people who are your average schmuck like me and uh they're going to other worlds that are good for them like you know it's infinite so like just anything you get there somewhere out there there's a there's a shadowland world that is just like a giant ball pit and trampoline palace and jack black and christina ricci are there and <laughs> for somebody that is the perfect way to spend eternity so that's where they go now is this jack black as himself or jack black as uh... it's, infi- it's infinite dude they're both both there okay it's all versions of jack black all rolled into one <laughs> yeah. yeah you could get nacho libre you get school of rock you get them all that's how infinite uh, what works. about um yeah. oh what was that video game that he the answer did is yes the answer is yes Jared. you always get it <laughs> like like Rock legend or whatever. Yeah. You I get that remember. one too. Whatever that is. Hey. <laughs> throw you want Kate McKinnon there too? She's there. That's another one. All right. All right. I'm Barack down. Obama, he's there. Cool. So many. None so of these, many. these people are dead, so <laughs> Ali, did you not know the one? But if you think about the ropes, there might be a, being another reality where Jack Black just did, didn't make it to, to give us still a rock too. Ali, for time, did you just remove the one question that would take two seconds to answer? Uh, I removed the one that I thought would be the least interesting to talk about. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. I always thought that was lame, anyways. But what I do want to talk about, just really quick. Do you guys think Anduin's going to come back from this? No. Yes. Do we get Anduin yes. back? Absolutely. No. Yeah. Give me the whys. Lay it out. There. Oh, you. Oh, keep on the, the, story, the story beats have been have been put in there. Like it would it would defeat the purpose of of several story beats if he didn't. Yeah, there's I, there's so much that they've set up to mine later on. He is going to come back, whether he's like a head case or if he is just like highly altered from what what he was. It's it's just going to be. So much story storyline to like go through, and uh, yeah, I just I don't think that they're going to be like 
Yeah, we're not we're not gonna do anything with that. That was that was nice. I, I gotta um, hear the contrarian view. Let's hear it. I, I just contra- I, okay, I just gotta say I don't think that Blizzard writers are bold enough to pull a Ned Stark. I just I don't think they have it in them. They set up this story. It's way too late for it. But it's not a Ned Stark. It's entirely too late for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what I'm saying. Like they're not they're not gonna kill him. They, there's they got so much no. riding on this one character. Okay, so contrarian view, real quick, just to get this out of the way, I think that it would be way more dramatically interesting if he didn't come out of this. If he stayed in the Shadowlands, personally. It would be unexpected, but, like, dramatically interesting, no. I think the experiences are going to be, like, a lot of good story, right? Maybe he's a harder person and he, maybe he like disavows the light because he's just, he's had that crisis of faith. Maybe he is like far more quick with the sword. Um, and he and Velen are estranged. Maybe it's great. Main being like, Whoa, son, you're way too militaristic. Like the shift <laughs> in all of those generate uh, in all of those relationships and where he is after the fact, there's no way that they just leave that on the uh, on the uh, board, never to put into the game. Yeah, he's Bear. he's just a, such a core character that uh, first of all, it's not to say they wouldn't kill off a core character. They just wouldn't do it this way. I don't think. I think like if they're going to kill off Anduin, he needs to go ultra heroically, like Varian did, and that's just not what's happening here. Um, we've got. I mean, the books have have focused on Anduin for a long time. They're building up a storyline of, uh, they're alluding that he's going to have uh, a love interest at some point, right? Like, are they going to just abandon that? They, I mean, they could, but it just doesn't seem, seem, seem right. Like they, oh, Jin's got a kitty. And uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I just, and, and I mean, and this is all on top of the fact that like, we've got a comic from Legion that shows Anduin as an old man years later. Uh, Now, of course they could retcon that, but I don't think that they already have. They've, they, but they haven't removed it. I think they changed it and they changed it back. I think it's a possible future. (laughs) Yeah. That's the, go ahead, Allie. I was just going to say like, I, I I've gone back and forth on this one, but I think they're already like leading the breadcrumbs of a potential, shadow priest anduin with you know the, sh- the shadow tendril that came out of his sleeve and everything like they're dropping little nuggets here and there so i'm actually wondering if this experience if he does come back but he's never the same and this is what kind of pushes him into having issues with the void which right. with the cosmic disco ward down the war down the world there maybe that comes into I, play i agree this certainly changes him moving forward like he's going to be a very different character from here on out and i can even kind of envision myself reading a novel sometime in the future of his internal monologue thinking about everything he oh, saw awesome. and, and how he feel how he how he used to be and how he is now and um i want that now I didn't realize one that, but now I do. I, yeah, yep. Wait. He's, he's gonna he's gonna be reliving moments. He's gonna be like waking uh, waking up, uh, like 
sweating bullets in the middle of the night. He's going to be having a a council meeting, and all he can see is like him fighting Jaina and unable to uh, control himself. There's just so much to mine there. There's no way they yeah. they kill him off. And I guess very much this is his his Logash moment, right? Like yeah. this is this is his Logash arc. So, yeah. I yeah, Loganduin. Okay. I'll, I'll rescind. I'll rescind my contrarian <laughs> point. All right. Um, I think uh, also. So the question. I'm sorry, Ali. The question that Ali removed from our chat about what we're going to talk about <laughs> is whose soul was put into Kingsmorn. And to me, the answer is obviously Arthas. And we don't need to discuss that. But the reason I think it's important is that I think that's where Anduin's story comes to a climax in this expansion is that he's going to have a moment with Arthas. He's feeling what Arthas has felt. He's understanding who Arthas was. And I do think that Arthas will have some sort of, I don't want to, I don't know. I hate to use the term redemption arc because it just, people get mad. People, people just have been like, Oh, redemption arcs are bad. It's like, not a full redemption yeah, but, <laughs> but like, <laughs> Like because most let's face it, most people in 2021 can't really think that beyond brains. that's bad or that's good, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, they just <laughs> redemption arcs are bad, and then like Asmund Gold will say they're good, and like oh, redemption arcs are good, and then <laughs> which like and uh, I mean to be fair, Asmund Gold would probably say they're bad, but but uh, yeah, so like people. Uh, the, people are dumb is what I'm getting at. Anyways, the, uh, <laughs> um, I think this story, they've teased too much. We've seen too much, but we've also seen none of it, right? Like we haven't seen anything of Arthas. We haven't seen a remnant of him. We went into the room where, uh, Zoval has his little crystals and he wasn't there, right? Other beings were that we, that we could recognize, um, He's obviously got to be in Kingsmore. It just makes so much sense. It's it just from a story to, as a storytelling device, it just ties everything together. And so, how does that pay off in the end? Well, I think that somehow Arthas is going to be a piece of what helps Anduin break loose and and break that control. And I think that Anduin's going to get a really clutch moment where he saves us, right? Like a like a Darth Vader throwing Palpatine down the chute type of moment, right? Where, um. I don't know if that's a good example if we're all saying he's coming back. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like right now I'm picturing me throwing uh, boots down the chute, but like what I would think that would work for this is that you don't need Arthas to have a story where Arthas has had an influence. So many people in this uh, arc have had the touch of Arthas upon them. And there are people who are being ignored that really should be jumping in. (laughs) Kalia is sitting there just smiling, doing nothing. The sister Menethel could have a moment in in this, Mm -hmm. right? We have seen Talia, daughter of Bolvar, Anduin and her have a connection, whether they want to explore that r- romantically or not. And she's sitting I mean, right there. Come back all, to me. I think she's going to be part of it, which will lead into, because obviously those two are getting together. Some like, like, and that connection could be enough to like make that connection. Like, come on guys, this is world of Warcraft. They are not super subtle. We are going to have 
Kalia put down that hammer and put up a pick up a plot device and hammered into us that she deserves to be here. There's not going to be yeah. any side part to this, right? And so, that's, and can I just say that's effing great. Like all these people being like, oh, the storytelling. Like, shut up. This is an MMO. This is every way that you tell a story has to have its own rules about how to properly tell the story. You're not going to tell a story in the same way as an Oscar winning film that you do on like AEW Dynamite, right? But they both tell stories. And so MMOs have to tell stories in, frankly, a very blunt way. As a matter of fact, I think that most people would critique that as they try to get into more of the subtleties of stuff is where they struggle because not because Blizzard sucks at writing a story. I, I, I totally reject that idea. It's because it doesn't translate well to the genre. It does. It's harder. I mean, an MMO is a very, has, has moments of lore, but it's not a totally immersive game, right? There's the fourth wall is down. There's, there's self-awareness of this game. There's chat with your friends. There's farming mounts. This is not, this is not like a, a totally story driven game. And I know that some people will say, well, what about final fantasy 14? I played the first 10 hours of final fantasy 14. It's also got its limitations, right? Like, yes, they focus more on story, but it comes at the cost of gameplay. And also, Nobody has facial expressions in that game. Do you know how crazy it is to play incorrect. a game? No, incorrect. they <laughs> incorrect. Do you, do you know how crazy it is to play a game with hours of talking heads and the only thing that their faces do is like is like their mouth moves like this like or or they can like cl- blink. That's it. And and I know like Jared's going to be like, "Well, they smile, but it's like, well no, if they were wearing a mask, you'd never know. There's like there's no there's no musculature in the face." It's crazy. And there's you're, so you're much gonna, just conversation in this game. You were going to derail your point by uh, upsetting Jerry that he has to like rant about how they do have facial expressions. You just haven't played start- a, a, an in where it finally gets uh, put in. And later on in the game, they're so good about their storytelling. I've, I've said the point, Jared. Let's move on. Now, I'm not. I'm I, was not just gonna, I was just going to throw in Starmike TV. It has my back here, um, okay. even though I was about to dunk <laughs> Something they said in chat uh, about how anyone himself hasn't had a lot of time to show what he can do. And that is categorically incorrect. Uh, He has had so much time to show what he can do. And he has shown his medal several times over. Yeah, Uh, it's just not in the same way that the rest of the heroes, the quote unquote heroes of Warcraft have been able to show their medal, uh, which is your characters like Orgrim Doomhammer and uh, Varian Wren having, you know, heroic feats of battle. That's not Anduin's shtick. This is not how he operates. I think that whole critique that Anduin hasn't done anything basically went out of date halfway through Legion. And anyone that still says it is just like hasn't paid attention to the plot. Since. Oh, that went on a date in Mr. Pandaria, dude. Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> so, it's yeah, you're you're right. Like I've never really bought it, but you know, yeah. People. But I I do want to say that as a contrarian, I don't believe a redemption story is necessary. I believe that again, there are so many other characters that need their story that don't need to be redeemed, and you can you can leave Arthas where he was and talk about the ramifications of what he did and it still be an interesting story that we haven't had repeated in world of warcraft and i and i i do want to say one last thing before i give you uh, the floor what we are seeing in the world of warcraft in terms of story yes you are right is is 
limited by what they can do. It is hard for them to focus in on like uh, interior monologue like you could have in in a book, especially uh, in a lot of uh, writing where they jump between different uh, perspectives and you see how they are missing the point from each other. With World of Warcraft, it's dialogue. It's, no, Arthas, don't do that. And Arthas is like, no, Jaina, you don't understand. It's like in a in a book... It would be so much more poetic or whatever, but they have to get the point across quickly and get you back into I mean, the gameplay because it is gameplay first. And that's a great example because you can actually play the Arthas Jaina story in Warcraft 3 versus read the novelized version of it and see how different it feels. Uh, I just wanted to – I know other people are, might haven't had a chance to talk, but all I wanted to say, uh, Manny, is I don't necessarily – disagree with you i don't i'm not here to argue that arthas needs a redemption story although i would i personally would like to see it um i guess what i'm saying is they've already started one so i'm expecting that they will finish it Hmm. i don't think i've seen that (laughs) i don't think he needs one nor does does he necessarily quote-unquote deserve one but i definitely think uh i I actually do think you're right though though, she was i do think that they are setting not necessarily a redemption arc up it's you know but i don't know if you call it a redemption or not i just it, it feels more just like an explainer like maybe just a little bit more just a just a small little bit more of the of the nuance of what was actually going on yeah uh because, I mean, one of the one of the good ones was we had the remnant of Ner'zhul and, you know, and with that friggin' sanctum of domination raid. And it feel, he, he finally felt like he got what he deserved, which was nothingness. He, 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 he's gone now. He's no longer being tortured, which is probably a good thing for him. Yeah, it's resolution, right? And yeah. I don't think, again, I, I, redemption arc is not a great term because everyone always thinks that it means like a heroic change. And I just right. think that... I just think that Arthas doesn't deserve a heroic change, but he doesn't deserve a chance to to portray the difficult situation that he was in, even though he made the the wrong choice. He doesn't deserve a pass on that, but he does deserve some understanding. And I I would personally, in a in an expansion that is called Shadowlands, that opened with an animation about him. Um, yeah. I'm on and, board. I'm on board. And the fact that he wasn't, he wasn't even given the opportunity as, you know, with the Arbiter, which I think is, yeah, you know, that, yeah, totally. I, I think you can absolutely tell a story where, you know, he could have been sent to Revendreth and possibly been, you know, redeemed after the, the eons or whatever, you know, because mm-hmm. time is not a, time is not a construct of death. So, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you absolutely could have um, some type of, you know, and it's not even explanation behind, you know, his actions and, and maybe just just a little bit more of like a, an understanding, because as much as you can get the idea, uh, if you read the Arthas novel and you get, the, uh, you know, an understanding of what he went through at the I believe it was Hearth Glen specifically is where probably the biggest amount of trauma happened, where he was basically, you know, his, his, his biggest kind of PTSD moment where he literally watched people who were totally fine one second turn undead right in front of his face and he had to start smashing them. So obviously that would lead to strap home to the point that he took it upon himself to kill people before they changed because he deemed that to be the kindest thing to do to them. Yeah. Yeah, So leave them intact with their humanity. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, 
he uh, he very much had to make the morally uh, awful choice, basically. Uh, but at the same time, you know, in the in the the world of the trolley problem, you can think of it as as he pulled the lever. He was willing to pull the lever to uh, to kill the one to save the five, <laughs> if you think about it that way, because that's effectively mm-hmm. what he did. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, just the only thing that makes it uh, really bad, and the reason why it is morally reprehensible to so many people, is you have to think of it as the trolley problem where you're pushing the fat guy in front of the trolley to save the five. That's what he did. Because so many people think that, you know, if you push, uh, if you physically push someone off a bridge to stop to to stop a trolley from being to 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 killing five other people that sounds terrible and no one like almost no one is willing to do that but that's what he did he he killed the one to to save the five in many ways so and i i i think it's 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 worth explaining it's it's worth at least diving into that story and he doesn't necessarily need a redemption arc because everything he did as the lich king is like okay you you went beyond way beyond the deep end here but you know at least that first act wasn't something that you know sure sure jana couldn't do it uther couldn't do it but uh he could because he was the one at hearthglen they weren't there Jaina didn't witness them uh, change right in front of her face. So yeah, it and if they sense. had been, if they had been, it would have been a completely different story. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But that's that's kind of what makes his story interesting. And even if it was objectively the wrong choice, you can see how subjectively it might have been the right choice. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, now that we've uh, talked about that. From a question that I striked out of the show notes. Uh, <laughs> no, it was really good. It was really good. That's why, like, 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 aside really quick, like, that's why I really love doing these beer swamings with you guys because hearing you all go off on the lore and not only speak to it so masterfully, but also just really dive in and be passionate about it is one of the things I love about you for. So um, anyways, we learned more about Alun in 9.1 and we know why, you know, they let the night elves in the tree die. What is everyone thinking about Alun now and what else do you want to know about her? Still don't have any clue as to what she is exactly. Like we know that she's the sister of the winter queen. No idea how that fits into the grand scale of things. And that stresses me out. <laughs> so much. <laughs> yeah. Like they answered, they answered one question and asked 10 more in that one cinematic. They're really and, good about that. <laughs> Stop stressing me out, Steve. Come on. Yeah. Stop like with, it. With, with a loon. Like I, that's probably been my favorite part about um, Shadowlands so far as the Alune stuff that we've been diving into because um, <laughs> I guess the reason why is because I'm not a Night Elf main uh, and I didn't have that visceral reaction that so many did on Twitter. Um, but I think the reason why I like it is because you can see the... it. <laughs> the reason why I liked it, and I'll put it this way, is you can see the... Um, the long game thinking of someone like Elune, because Elune realizes that, you know, the life of all these, uh, these mortal beings, um, they're not necessarily gone. They're not extinguished. You know, they, they, they just happen to move on uh, to their next life uh, and they would serve a great purpose and they would, you know, again, bring about a lot of, um, you know, ease a lot of harm 
you know, you're just missing some information there, you know, about mm-hmm, you're going to go straight to the mall. Oops. Uh, <laughs> it's another example of an objectively wrong choice, but subjectively right choice. Yeah. And, With and the I information that she had, she made the right choice. And honestly, I think that's why they they probably even, you know, if we're, now that we're over here talking about Arthas and, and calling us Rathholm, you know, this is in many ways, it loons calling of Strathholm. She did it for a very specific reason, thinking that you're you're going to to save the lives of you know the the all the the creatures and the the denizens of Ardenweald because the whole thing was falling apart. And now that we know that she is in many ways the sister of Elune, or sorry, the sister of the, of the Winter Queen, uh, those since those two are kind of very much linked together, uh, she knew that if basically the cycle of death fell and, and you know crumbled and you know just like uh you know Erlon knew like he had to take up the wild hunt in the in the cutscene and that's why he was able to make the same sacrifice with um uh Ursoc, you know rest in peace uh <laughs> is that's why he that's why he was able to do it and i think that's also why Alun had to do it is that's that in many ways this whole expansion and story is all about the sacrifices that people are, are willing to take um and I'm I'm willing to 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 say that I think Elune made the right decision with the information that she had on hand, but at the time she probably uh, you know she, in many ways she made the wrong decision because they all went to the mall. So that's the problem is she was she was lacking information like so many people uh, often are. It's just lacking communicating or something. Yeah. Why, why communicate? Why, why communicate? Yeah. That's that's the crux of the entirety of the Warcraft story. Is like if they had just spoken, <laughs> I mean, that whole okay, thing by, would have by been the way, solved. Sister, <laughs> by the way, sister, it's all broken. Just don't. Dramatic don't storytelling in general. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's something that I think a lot of people often forget when we're playing MMOs. Is like we have all the information as players, and therefore we assume that all of the characters in the story have all the information that we do. They don't. Yeah, they don't. I mean. That's that's the nature of, of like you said dramatic storytelling because it is I mean what is what is drama it's tension then resolution so right now in the middle of the expansion we have a whole bunch of tension and Zoval just scampered off into the place and now we know Elune's doing this stuff and she was like I'll burn a tree it's fine now we have to eventually <laughs> come to some kind of resolution because there's and, a whole bunch and- of drama. Getting to your trolley example too, Alun didn't even have to pull the lever. Alun was just given the task of doing nothing or not, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, so for a lot of people, I think that Alun's choice is even is more easy to understand for a lot of people than Arthas's choice. If you if you kind of really put yourself into the mindset of what she would have known at that time and how she views mortal souls right like if you are yeah. this eternal being you you view mortality as just a single phase that is just a just a fingernail clipping of your entire existence right like like does it really matter in if you're going to exist for eternity does it really matter if you die 20 years before your time and you just end up going to ardenweald where you're going to spend eternity probably just loving it you know yeah that was kind of my takeaway from it and that's why i didn't have that horrible visceral reaction like all oh, those night elf mains did but hey i can understand it's it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it's been a while since i've made a night elf but like i fell in love with world of warcraft as a night elf so that it hit really hard even though i was on the horde side <laughs> <laughs> you played through that quest line. <laughs> I guess it would hit hard by your hand. 
You yeah. disgusting. Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> Still have nightmares about it. Jeez, you did it. Yep. I mean, Thanks if you're going to give a loon a pass who sat back and watched as uh, the the catapults let fire and killed all those night elves, I think by the same token, you would give the hero a pass who sat and watched the catapults burn down them. So with Loon having wait, wait, more power what, what, to, what to intervene, <laughs> what with Loon having more power to intervene, why would you uh, why would you suddenly condemn the horde for something you just gave a Luna pass for? Because they As weren't told by an eternal being that they need souls to save the universe. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, but the, the whole player didn't know what was about to happen and didn't have the ability to stop it. I'm just like an artist's if choice. If we're talking about you know a lack of information here, I mean, you can definitely yeah. see where there's a lot more information that a that a horde player does not have. And one thing he did not realize is that Ardwield was even a thing. Right? He just figures that when it's when they're done. They're done, and oh, I just committed a, a war crime and an atrocity, and this is awful. But Luna is over there thinking, okay, well, their souls are going to move on, and then it's, you know, there's a purpose behind it. Horde to is be like, fair. oops. <laughs> yeah, it, it, wasn't, it wasn't that Loon didn't have any information and just decided, like, well, might as well let them die. Is that a Loon? Here's the deal. Had a ton of information that was missing has a later piece. period where she can act, right? The the vaults are up in the air. That's at the point where I don't I don't know about you, but I ain't no world shaman. I can't be like tornado stop all those vaults in the air, right? I'm not some some like gnome warlock that can be like I'm going to put them out with my fell magic. No, no, no. Right? Alune though can be like, oh, the sea rises up and blocks them. Loon has more power to intervene after the uh, after the fact, including <laughs> like taking all the uh, taking those uh, night elves and prolonging uh, prolonging them with the godly powers because she breathes life into things. She is like part of she knows the, the life she, spectrum. But Ardenwell needed a ton of souls. As oh far yeah, as she so knew. she had she had reasons. And yeah, so right? he, yeah, he as, opposed to, as opposed to horde <laughs> characters. Yeah, remember she didn't do uh, nothing. The horde characters, yeah, put, yeah, put them the to sleep. characters didn't intervene because they didn't know what was about what was about to go they, down. They, they went in they there carried out the attack. They, no, no, no. The horde player characters, right, were going in there to uh, to capture and hold them hostage. Right, there wasn't supposed to be that level of bloodshed. And then Sylvanas made a decision, and you don't know where the Horde player is at this time, right? And then it happens. They're making their plans to here. follow Sylvanas for the next two years. Okay, here's, that's here's the thing. what we're, we were here to talk about. I know Jared wants to talk. Sorry, Jared, Jared really wants to say something. Let him talk. Okay. <laughs> as, a, as a player character, I was a conscientious objector to what Sylvanas was doing. As soon as I saw the cinematic start, I was like, oh, Oh no! Where is this going? You can't! No! 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 This is not ha- No! So what'd you do it about happened. it? Happened. Did you then participate uh, in the Battle of Desarlor? I continued to play as a horde character. And you fought for Sylvanas in the Battle of Desarlor. You attacked Jaina Proudmore and tried to kill her. I did. Well, I started yeah. uh, as a horde member. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, so did you, see Boots? <laughs> I, was, no, I relived a story told to me by an alliance hero. Mm, That's true. Mm. So interesting. The thing about Alun, 
to get this back on track uh, on topic the thing about <laughs> uh, the thing about Elune is that she is fallible she doesn't have all the information and a lot of people didn't expect that of Elune. even when we were dealing with the eternal ones we put Elune at a higher level Right, we have the eternal ones and like death. That is like the higher, uh, the higher death. We have the eternal ones being along the lines of the titans or the old gods, where they're like manifestations, but they aren't this somewhat level of just omniscience or or like. And we also felt that with Alun, that for some reason people were thinking that she was always good and what we saw in that cinematic was that she was very much limited whatever powers that she has that cinematic laid bare limitations of this character that we thought were uh, was a god so if that was like the god that you pray to as a night elf or a or a uh tauren right it was very stark of a difference i think a lot of people put a loon at a different level than the titans who were considered gods at one point and then very much humanized and now we're seeing a loon humanized so what i want to see from a loon is what her pathian is because she's i feel like her and the winter queen while they consider themselves sisters i don't think they come from the same birth uh, birthright I, th- I clearly a loon i think is more of a, of life while th- the other half is death and it that's what that cycle is about so i'd love to hear more about like the pantheon of life yeah i would love to hear more about like how that relationship was even set up how they became so, sisters what you're saying is you want to go to the emerald dream is that what you're saying? I think, I think as an expansion? Kurt. As an expansion? No, not as an expansion. It's later yeah. on in Shadowlands. I mean, I, I think it's pretty clear we're going to experience the pantheon of life <laughs> at some point, whether it's uh, an entire expansion like Shadowlands is or whether it's a storyline of one. I don't know. But um, Alun is, to me, it's quite clear that she's being portrayed as like the opposite of the Winter Queen, right? She is... She is not necessarily the leader of the Pantheon of Life, but she is a member of the Pantheon of Life. And we just know a lot about her because she has this special connection with uh, a very significant culture on Azeroth. And so, I mean, how do we know who Elun is? I, I don't know. I think that's a story that remains to be told, but it seems to me that she would have at some ancient point visited Azeroth. Um, and it's also not clear, like where these eternal ones come from. Like they could be blood sisters or maybe they just call each other sisters, but like Denathrius, the Primus, the winter queen, and uh, what's her face? Uh, They're, uh, they're not, they're obviously different beings that come from different places, but at some point Zoval said like, Hey, 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 you guys, you guys want to, you guys want to like be in a pantheon? And they said, yeah. (laughs) So like, where do they come from? (laughs) Are they like? You want to buy just a sundial? Sorry, You want to buy some death sticks? Uh, and so they, <laughs> yeah. For some reason, like, so where do these beings come from? And just like the Titans became the de facto pantheon of order, 
well, they weren't like magically made to be the pantheon of order. They just were very powerful beings that took up that mantle. So these pantheons, I think we're falling into a situation where like a lot of kind of casual lore observers are assuming that these are like magical predestined things. Like it's just how it is that there are these pantheons, but they're not everything that we've seen about any pantheon so far is uh, beings that were never predetermined to be in this pantheon. They just decided to make one. And and according uh, to Grimora, they were actually set up that way by the first ones, apparently. So, okay. So yeah, that's that's what they're saying. Yeah. So on that that point then, like, oh, sorry, Derek, what? No, I was just agreeing. Okay. So on on the point of pantheons, like we we know about a few and you, they talked about a bit in Grimoire. Like, does anyone have any thoughts about the other pantheons, what they're composed of or what they're up to? Because we know we have one of order. We have one of death. We know there's one of life. Like, what about the others? Uh, I think the, a really quick uh, answer to that one is the Pantheon of Light is pr- Zira probably was a member of the Pantheon. I would say something along those lines uh, because they called her a prime Naru. And the only the only right. example of something of like great immense power that is the is, is a Naru, right, that is, a, is associated to the light, right? Because uh, we don't know of anything that is on par with the Void Lords, right? Uh, in the from the realm of light, we just know that oh, it's it's the light, blah blah blah. So if we were to go with the pantheon of the Void, it is probably something to do with the Void Lords that we do know about. Um, and if you're going to go with a pantheon of chaos, that just sounds so weird. If you, if you think about it that way, pantheon of chaos very, band name called it. Yeah. The pantheon <laughs> of chaos. It's like, you know, the fell, like, yeah, we're thinking that it would have to be something along the lines of the something in the twisting nether. And it just, that seems so antithetical. If you think about it to chaos, like, because a pantheon is something that typically is like, Oh, this is where, the order and there's like a structure to it and things like that. And if it's just right. chaos, it's chaos. It's just but if so, they're, if they're out to sow chaos, like in the great dark beyond, and they're probably chaotic amongst each other and not really an ordered group as we would think of it. Maybe they're just, they're out to make everything chaotic. I mean, chaos is also interesting because we have seen for the majority of the Warcraft story, Sargeras has been the big bad. And so your instinct is like, well, maybe he's the leader of the Pantheon of Chaos, but he was a Titan to start. So, yeah. uh, Yeah. So you're kind of like, well, probably not. But on the other hand, who knows? Maybe the first ones wanted him to be there. I don't know. I actually think that. Um, Sargeras coming from order and and taking on power really explains a lot of what the bur- uh, the Burning Crusade and the Burning Legion are, right? They are an organized military for- uh, force. They do yeah. have order and he that is because Sargeras yeah, he imposed True. order on the chaos and the only logical way to go from that was to reduce everything to zero to bring entropy to, uh, to everything but when you look at like where chaos came before, we don't know because who pushed Sargeras to become a being of chaos? Death it, through yeah, the death. Uh, through the Nethrazim. Chaos hasn't actually organized anything; it has just been existing. So if they break into or like if chaos leaks into reality, I expect it to be absolute madness. Just 
random events that are destructive and it should have been sealed off. I don't expect it to be anything that is organized, a force that does anything. I expect it to be just a literal force of nature. That would uh, that would be what I would suspect. So when you're saying, yeah, I don't suspect there'd be a pantheon of chaos, I agree. If there are beings of chaos, I think that they are warring like the old gods were on Azeroth. They can't bring themselves into any form of cohesion. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you use Diablo as an example real quick, like the demons, like the the prime, you know, the the prime um, friggin' evils and things like that, um, they were at each other's throats constantly. But they were still kind of the pantheon of chaos because that's, you know, the angels and the demons in the Diablo world was kind of the the example of order and chaos in, the, in that, you know, in that context. So you could have a pantheon and they just they don't get along. You, they just, you wouldn't think of them as a pantheon, but they just happen to right. be. They're just like the most powerful you know, demons, basically, because they I mean, that's that is the agents of, of chaos are the demons. So so. Yeah. I'm going to I'm going to double down on this by saying that I don't think that there are pantheons for each different like element uh, of the the greater universe at play. You're saying um, the brokers are wrong is what you're t- saying. I, I am. I am. Well, I think right about everything I think that they that they are um, <laughs> that they are part of order and they are trying to ascribe order to everything where order does not necessarily exist. Um, and one of the things that I'm basing this off of is actually in part of one of the developer interviews where Steve Denuser said explicitly that the uh, like what we're dealing with in the shadowlands the powers that be in the shadowlands they are like a pantheon they are like a or like the the titan pantheon but they are just like the pantheon they aren't a pantheon of themselves they aren't the pantheon of death they are just like the pantheon uh, of the titans uh, which means to say that the the pantheon of the titans exists and that does not necessarily mean that the rest of the the orders have order, if that makes sense. They they only like we are thinking, and the 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 greater like lore population is thinking of all of these powers as pantheons because that is the only lens that we've had to look at these powers is through the lens of a pantheon. Um, but. <laughs> that doesn't necessarily make sense for all of them to have a pantheon. And I would, I would say that we're likely to see pantheon like things in all of them, just with like different relationships with each other, a constantly shifting relationship between the four greatest powers could be something that we see in chaos where they rise and fall randomly based on, and their influence ebbs and flows. We can see um, probably like the most, rigid and structured one obviously coming from order right and that is where you have the pantheon and all of them are have their role and all of them are pretty much uh, pretty much level and one of them is uh, is the leader which we have seen with amenthal and the rest of the order pantheon i would love if they do shake uh, shake it up if light is like one being that establishes orders all the way down and it is just a strict pecking order all the way down and that is what light is because it is one path that light sees and chaos could be uh, could be something like 
eight of them and two of them have died before we even get there be, uh, right that's just that sort of sort of sort of thing where it is based on what the core of the power is but at the end of the day we are going to know about and hopefully we will find uh, find out that these are whatever the pantheons are named right this is like maybe a name or two from each of them because they all came together in order to form reality and at some point there was an agreement between whatever power structures there were to create reality and that's something that i'm hoping we see and sorry to jump ahead in this when we go towards the uh, the knowledge that is uh the first ones had given out or hidden away rather so on that note about knowledge and whatnot we know zavol's on his way to the sepulcher if we get to go there you know, the supposed vast font of knowledge. What is one piece of information that you personally would like to learn? The proper pronunciation of sepulcher. You just said it. We're moving off. You just said it. I'm just kidding. That's it. That's it. Um, I, I mean, I already said just like let's drop some names let's drop some names let's like talk about things that it's like oh yeah like the the like maybe they start like riffing on judeo christianity and like the the trinity of light was like part of something that came uh, that came like maybe it is something where they're they're like the heart uh, the heart of um of all life is a singular being in life it could be any uh, anything that they just sort of name drop that will like lead into future expansions i would love that just we we've had the whispers of ogonoth and which which has been so ripe for speculation oh it's so much fun yeah give us yeah, that we, give us this all these little things and we have to like make heads and tails of what they actually mean i definitely am, agree with you but i also think we need a a, a per, uh, somewhat of a clear explanation about what the first ones are i think if we're yes. gonna go like this is something that i'm actually concerned that blizzard might choose not to do that they might actually leave us in the dark on this but the way the story is going i do feel at this point we are owed an explanation about what they are especially if we're going to uh like sepulcher i believe in it does it mean their tomb? Like I think it means where they their remains the are. The definition of it is that's one of the definitions. Yeah. So like we should be able to understand. You know, we've got this. Um, oh man, it's sort of escaping me right now because it's been so long. But um, those uh, those books that are those pieces of text that showed up in the new dungeon from 9.1 Tazavesh like this sort of story of that one broker that it's was sort of starting to unravel um, the mystery yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I want I want some resolution to that I think I, I think I, I, I think that they should do that they should give us they don't have to tell us everything but they should just give us uh, a loose idea of like who these first ones were what the relationship with the pantheons I think we should get a good lore bomb of like how this all works. They don't have to tell us everything, but we should be able to, we should get a skeleton. And um, are they going to do that? I don't know. I feel like I'm, I'm actually concerned. I might be a little disappointed at the end of it all, but uh, um, I do think, I don't think you're going to be. I I think that, I think that one thing that I am really suspecting come 9.2 is that 
we will learn that we have to stop the Zoval because Zoval himself is mistaken. He won't get to rewrite reality. What he will ultimately do by messing with these powers is release the first ones. And the first ones, I believe, are the enemy of all reality. I believe that all the forces that we have just talked about came together, much like the Eternal Ones came together to stop Zoval and imprison him, to imprison the First Ones away from the uh, from everything else, uh-huh. because so, they so are Zoval's the greatest. Falling, so you're saying Zoval's following, falling for the long con right now. Yes. That's it. Interesting. Maybe. It's like, oh, the First Ones had power, and with that power, I can re- uh, remake reality into what I want. And the reason that reality isn't perfect is because it was put together real quick to stop the First Ones from destroying everything or dominating everything themselves. I like that idea. I hadn't thought about that. I don't. I don't like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you want that? Okay, Jen, what, what do you want that? made... <laughs> Uh, ultimately, I, I just I do want to know specifically the, you know, I'm I'm kind of on board with what you know Shubut said is I just want to know what are these first ones because it feels like it would be very dumb of them, very dumb to not at least give us something at the end at, at, by the end of this expansion because it was literally one of the very first things that we that we learned. Okay, number one, we learned okay there is a Shadowlands. We went there. And then we find this way gate. And then it's one of the very first things that says the, you know, the, the such and such relic or the whatever that was behind of the first ones. It's the first time everyone kind of like looked at each other and was like, did you just say first ones? What's that? Yeah. Right? First so ones. it's like one of the very the first things. Ones. I know everyone wants them. I know everyone is very much looking forward to the 915 Ma skip, right? But if you do it just one more time, right? And you hear Zoval say, oh my gosh, it actually interacts with you. So why does it interact with us? What is so special about us being from Azeroth that makes us, you know, turn on the first one, Dili? Was it the fact that we were wearing the heart of the Azeroth at the time? Was that it? Like, what's what's going on there? That's what I want to know. And not just that, that like, okay, uh, the first ones were told built Oribos, right? They, that they constructed it. So why did they construct it? Did they want to have uh, the Pantheon of Death? Like, was that, did they build the device that allowed for souls to be processed? Um, I think also, so. It seems that way. We also have like, um, what do you call it? Whatever the portal is that you take to get out of the Maw. It's like first one's construction. It looks sort of Oribos-like. But inside every Covenant uh, Sanctum, also, the place where you go to swap your conduits is also of First One's origin. Um, we also see, like, uh, one thing I thought that was really interesting was um, I noticed the first time I fought the Guardian of the First Ones in uh, in Sanctum, he had some very unique animations to his spells, right? There's this kind of golden sort of yep. mathematical design. And then we see that design used again in the cutscene where Zoval gets all the sigils and decides to go to the the sepulchre so so like Mm -hmm. what's that about does the sigils made by the first ones like uh i i I want i I want these questions answered because i'm 95 percent certain that 10.0 will take us back to azeroth and shrink the story down for a little while and so i don't want to sit for another two years wondering what the hell the first ones are you know i agree jared (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so 
I'm going to answer a little bit for Jared before, um, before I give Jared a chance. But I think that <laughs> when you when you have like these questions, they can be found on Azeroth. Like there's clearly a connection between Azeroth and us and us and the uh, technology of the first ones. The, the Azeroth is a special world soul, stronger than any other world soul. Could it be because Azeroth itself has a connection to the first ones? And when it was ordered and every, uh, everything else, this was something that the Titans uh, Titans missed. So there can be that connection even if we go back to to Azeroth. I'm not sure if the, the story is going to be smaller or not. I, I really do hope so. But I'll talk about that, uh, that more late, later. But I really do think that... I don't want us to immediately take away all mystery surrounding the first ones, nor do I want them to suddenly show up in 11.0. I really do think that there's so many of the powers at the level that we have right now with the Titans, with the Pantheon of Death. Hopefully we take the fight to the Void Lords or like life starts going crazy or light starts going crazy and we deal with those before we deal with the first ones that seem to be the next level above that. Yeah, and I think if you're going to like go with that kind of storytelling and you don't want to go into some crazy, gigantic, massive you know, end game slash infinity war style of like, you know, war. I think what they would probably start doing is focusing in on the individual um, areas. And I, I honestly think one of the big ones that they're probably going to focus on uh, next, be it 10.0 or 11.0 is going to be the, the struggle between the light and the void. Uh, and most likely they're going to focus in on the light, especially with, uh, you know, the possibility of Urel being another kind of like driving force out there. Because when, you know, when we brought the, the Magar orcs, you know, into the horde, Urel became very fanatical. She was the leader um, uh, of all that kind of stuff. So, uh, so yeah, that is what I am assuming that they're going to, to do is to, to bring Urel back into the story. Because honestly, Urel is the only thing I miss from uh, Warlords of Draenor. Only character I miss from Warlords. And I also really think it would be fantastic storytelling if they brought Urel in and they're like, okay, Urel's here. Hey, everybody, it's Urel. Say hi. And then Velen's like, hey, what's up? And Urel's like, wait, aren't you dead? And then he's like, you know, there's this thing about ropes. There's some ropes. Uh, and like, I'm, I'm the real one. Just like the- <laughs> Damn ropes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think that would be a, a very interesting uh, crisis of faith for Urel specifically, uh, because one of the things that they actually talked about in, I think, the, the you know, BlizzCon line is when Velen went through his big change in Legion. And, you know, when you watch the cutscene at the end of the, uh, you know, the where you beat up the, the Titan at the end, whatever it's named, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, the, the end of Legion Raid. Mm-hmm. Um, Velen is like, yeah, there you go. Thank you. He's just like, he, he finally goes like, like, oh my God. Almost as lo- like he, he let out the, released the stress that he's been holding on to for like hundreds of thousands of years at this point where he's just like, okay. And so 
he he very much changed where he kind of thought like the light was the be all end all and between his little shenanigans and the fun that he had with illidan where (laughs) illidan was like bro you are way too focused you are blinded by your faith and i think he actually realized that maybe there was some truth there so not that illidan isn't just a pompous ass in many times he absolutely is (laughs) but i think he was he was right and i think that's one of the lessons that um that you, that Velen could could teach you all is that you are blinded by your faith. That's interesting, yeah. Blinded by the light? Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's the one. That's stuck in my head now. <laughs> I hate everything about the past five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right, all right. This was just like five a- seconds. For a second, I was like, <laughs> like what's wrong with my little bit? Oh, five seconds. We're good. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was really good and insightful. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it was. It was. It was incredibly good and insightful. Jared's and are fighting I, again, guys. We gotta- I would love to see the interaction as well. Um, but I, the only thing that I disagree with you, uh, Jen, is um, you're, you're out, get, was my favorite character in one. But well, you know, he's dead now. But ropes. Yeah, he's dead. Ropes. Ropes. <laughs> you can do so many things with ropes. So many things. Oh dear. You can tie knots. You can uh, tie Swing knots. Lasso. <laughs> <laughs> Yeehaw. You can climb it. Yep. You can bra- You can unbraid it, and then you can be like, "Look, look, Steve. Is this what you're talking about? This one thread. Hey, there you Ooh. go. You can tie them in a knot. You can uh, tie them in a knot. Really cool. like a <laughs> All the things that can be done with ropes right now. Is that? <laughs> Dear Lord. <laughs> Is that where we're at? <laughs> I think that's where we're at. Yes. <laughs> we hand it back to Allie to get us back on track. Here's Fall for we're, we're talking about ropes. <laughs> I guess you okay. can't sell it. <laughs> There's a reason why I only drink a little bit of rum for this. Uh, so let's move on to another question here. Because <laughs> it's probably time. So we've seen now that Savannah's is more quote-unquote whole since Saval returned, you know, a portion of her soul or whatever. What comes next for Savannah's? Well, she's going to need a whole new outfit to match those eyes. That's that's first thing. Clearly, clearly. I gotta be honest, I well, actually have no, no idea what they're going to do with that character. Like, I, I would love to come here with some, like, clever theory, but I have no idea what they're going to do with that character. I don't know if they're going to like imprison her, if she's still got a story to play in this expansion, if she's just in jail now, or if she's going to be a key character. I have no idea. Do you guys? I got one, but I'm going to give somebody else a chance. Jared? Jared? One of the Jareds? Redemption arc. Redemption arc. Redemption arc. Wow, you I'm have been kid- drinking I'm that hard Kool-Aid for a long time. I'm, yeah, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm tired of Sylvanas. I want her to go away. Oh, okay. Cool. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm going to uh, play off of uh, Boots's answer because he basically described uh, what I believe will happen with Sylvanas earlier in the episode. Sylvanas has been trying to give people choice break the machine where people do not get to decide their own fate there has been this theory that oh she would replace the jailer and become the jailer in the maw 
Actually, I think she is going to replace the Jailer, but as the Arbiter. I think that at the end of it, where she has been rendered whole, it doesn't change who she is. She is just not stuck in that moment, is what um, was said of, of uh, um, oh my god, Uther. Right, Uther was stuck in stuck in a moment. He was like unable to move past something and was going about things the wrong way. Similarly, I think that that's what's going to happen with Sylvanas. That she will still want to have some level of determination given back to to everybody, but with her soul like rendered whole, she won't be as extreme or as um, single uh, single minded as she was before and her becoming an arbiter where she has to like see where, where these people and the balance of their lives should send them and maybe add in some level of determination where it's like, listen, you can go to Maldraxxus because you're a warrior or you could go to Bastion because you did serve a higher power. And while before, you couldn't go to Bastion uh, because the source of your power is actually the memories and stuff that you have from you, and that gets taken away in Bastion. That's no longer the case, so you can serve Bastion now. So here is your choice, your fatal, uh, your, your fatal decision. What do you want to do? Or if you don't feel that you can serve any of these, here's uh, here's a nice resting space for your the rest of your eternity. And of course, there will be times where it's like. I am sorry you either need to redeem yourself and then you can make a choice or you will be damned. And that is still a choice. It may not be all the choices that everybody wants, but nuance should win out. I hate this idea. i yeah i figured out what they're gonna do with her while you were talking but i'll let other people speak first well i was just thinking about it it's and just i don't know making her be the arbiter not not that not that they wouldn't do it it just feels that feels about as satisfying as sticking bran on the iron throne like that it, it it's just you're just like really okay all right cool um it's you're just like you kind of left feeling like is that it? You just made it the arbiter, and then it didn't she like want to like give people choices? What are you gonna do? Just like back up all the souls, and as they have these long drawn out conversations, like, well, where do you want to go? Like, I, I'm not gonna tell you. Like, you you tell me. Like, so, and all the souls are like, would you hurry up up there? Like, come on, okay, go. <laughs> it's, not perfect, it's not perfect choice, and I believe that like she'll be endowed with the power to like you know speed it up a little bit. <laughs> no, well, I mean, like I say, you know, time is not a construct of death. So I mean, it could be instantaneous. Yeah. You never know. So I'm just yeah. not gonna. I'm, it doesn't matter because the end, it happens however they want it to happen because it's it's all made up, and they just said. Cool. <laughs> so I don't know. I think I, but really, I, I'm kind of curious to, you know, what she would say what he thinks is going to happen to the character because I was right there with you. I was like, I don't know. I don't even know what Bolvar wants to do with her. Like right now, like she's just like locked up right now. I guess. Boots. I think that's oh, you want me to, okay. Well, hey, I was words. thinking. I I was thinking to myself. I was thinking, hey, Bootsy, get your thinking going and. uh 
I was thinking, I don't know what they're going to do with this character. And you know who else probably doesn't know what they're going to do with this character? Blizzard probably doesn't know what they're going to do with this character. <laughs> so what would I do if I didn't know what I was going to do with this character? <laughs> what is the one thing Blizzard always does when they don't know what they're going to do with this character? They put them on the shelf. I think Sylvanas is going on the shelf. They're going to come up with a storyline of like, well, she's going to somehow participate in helping us in the end. And the, there's going to be a situation kind of like with the deal with Illidan at the end of Warcraft 3 of just like, well, you helped us, but you're an ass. What are we going to do with you? Just just get out of here. And she's going to like through the sep- sepulcher or something, just be like, she doesn't even know what to think anymore. Everything that she thought, everything she fought, she knows she was wrong and she feels very guilty about it, but she also is Sylvanas. She's going to just go through some portal somewhere uh, and just think about what she's done. And then we'll hear from her in like four or six years when we're all excited, when we're all not sick of her anymore. That's what they're going to do with her. And they'll come up with something super awesome, hopefully, that makes us super excited about what she's been up to since we last saw her. Hard disagree. <laughs> All right, Jerry. Lay it on us. Up. <laughs> oh, um, I think that they uh, retire that character for good. If I'm being perfectly honest, I think that the majority of the story that we've seen in World of Warcraft has been in some way. Uh, like definitely not through the lens of Sylvanas, but definitely has involved Sylvanas in some way. Um, and uh, she's she is the longest running continuous character through the entire story. Um, like by by a long margin. Aside, okay, aside from Jaina, aside from Jaina, she's one of the one of the longest running <laughs> characters. Um. I think I think that they stop Sylvanas' story with the conclusion of this expansion in whatever whatever way that is. I don't think they shelve her. I think that they stop. Well, just in the in a similar way that they're going to stop Arthas' story with this expansion. Manny's idea would would stop her story. I think. Yeah. Or are you saying they're going to kill her? No, I don't think. So it doesn't necessarily stop her story that she becomes the arbiter, right? Like that she becomes this this thing. Like she definitely still has an influence on the way that the the story could play out of the entire universe. Like leaving her in, you know, some capacity in power, um, in control of something, uh, leaves it open to where she can have influence on the story in some capacity. Um, I'd think that they don't leave any room for any of that. I think that they, they do something that has her um, in, in able to continue having influence on the story in some way beyond this well, expansion. I think, I think my, my idea for a story does that she's eternally busy. She can't, she can't leave. She has to constantly deal with these souls or the entire machine of death breaks down again. Uh, it is effectively putting her in the, uh, on the shelf. And I, I want to go to what Adam was saying where it's like, well, how many characters can you give this Illidan treatment? Illidan died <laughs> flat out, just dead. We killed him done. And then they decided to be like, yeah, let's, bring it back and be like oh you know like he made the hard choices you may not have agreed with them but he made the hard choices he's not that big of a bad guy and they did a 
kind of redemption arc. It's sort of why we didn't want that with like, oh, we're bringing Arthas back and now he's kind of getting a redemption arc. Sylvanas could fit into into that thing, but I think you can have a a arc that is along the lines of what Boots was having where she doesn't need to be a hero but she takes on the heavy burden as like a penance she's like i've ruined everything right somebody needs to take this place of of the the arbiter it's like fine you can do it but we are going to chain you to that duty and they etch in the runes and she becomes an effective an effective arbiter but she at least gets to give some modicum of of autonomy to the souls so that 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 fulfills what she wanted where we do have some freedom of choice at the end and i think that is sort of tying in all these different things that are part of the sylvana story that have been uh, being shown for so long and that's a big reason that hey the sylvanas novel is has been pushed back till like Hopefully we see some 9.2 because what they do with her and what brought her to this is very much going to inform where we go from there. Like I've gone back and forth between something similar where she is going to end up staying in the Shadowlands as some part of big plan to keep everything going, give people the freedom of choice because that's been one of her drives. But I've also gone to the point that what you were saying, Jared, how like she's she's been around forever. And in that lifespan, she has been through so much. And for the longest time, she just wanted the release. She just wanted, I mean, she jumped off Oxcrum for a reason, you know? And so a part of me does think that maybe she'll just stay in the Shadowlands and get work done or whatever. But there I'm starting to lean more towards I think I think she's gonna get that release. I think, I mean, she might go out in the blaze of glory. But I think she's going to finally get that release she's wanted for the longest time. I don't think she agrees with me. Uh, no, I was. I would actually say that if they are going to end her story, the way that I would end it is to is to tie back to that uh, is to tie back to that idea that she wanted her life to end and just give her oblivion, right, and make it be her choice. I don't know. I don't know if Blizzard's willing to get give us a story where where suicide is like kind of the end of her story. I don't know if they're. That's what will, I'm saying. Blaze of glory. Like she's going to go yeah. out and like help us with something or whatever. But yeah, I think that the suicide would be the better story. Um, I just think that it's such a sensitive topic. I don't think they would touch it. They're, they're but, not going to do that. No. Um, but uh, um, yeah, I, I just think, I think that she's just too major of a character. It doesn't, it just doesn't make sense. I think that Blizzard has always done a good job of having you like right now we're starting to wonder, well, where the hell is Cadgar? Right? Like that's a, that's a question that'll be He's on the Dragon one Isles. day. We know that. <laughs> is he? <laughs> that's just not theory. Okay. Well, me, but maybe he is right. And we were wondering where the hell is rat. Like there's, there's something about MMOs and, and actually, uh, Stone Grasp in the chat can appreciate this. This is very similar to pro wrestling. There is a value to shelving people and bringing them back later because it's such a big pop when all of a sudden they show up. People love to see that. And I think that uh, even if they don't know exactly what they want to do with Sylvanas right now, they'd be crazy not to, they'd be crazy to remove that opportunity at a later date. 
Honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, I think MMO storytelling is very similar to pro wrestling storytelling. last <laughs> 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 forever. Yeah, and and they have because these. You watch that video I, I, I did, and these bouts, these little bouts that they have every week. That's just bouts. raid night. That's the just bouts. raid night. You, you you show up. That's raid night. <laughs> That has nothing to do with the overall storytelling. It's just, just oh my god, it's Wolves, baby! <laughs> I, I posted a video that I'm sure Stonegrasp has seen. It's a couple years old. It's called Wrestling Isn't Wrestling. And you need to search this on YouTube, even if you don't care about wrestling at all. This is not, it, it a, this is not a video that will subject you to wrestling. It is a, a dramatic reenactment of the career of a famous wrestler to support the argument that wrestling is amazing. And uh, everyone should watch this video, even if you don't care about wrestling at all. Yeah, wrestling is amazing. You just have to watch it for 20 years to experience that full storyline because that was well, a 20 year storyline. That's where we're at with Sylvanas. <laughs> <laughs> that is where we're at with Sylvanas. <laughs> How long have we been playing this game? Oh, this is why it's like tying together. <laughs> yeah, it's getting a little old. I feel like they need to heal Turner. <laughs> yeah, maybe she's just going to start working for corporate and now she's going to decide. Oh, that's just going to be the hard. Oh She's goodness. working corporate. She's a corporate banshee queen. Oh. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this night took an unexpected turn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like wrestling. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> well played, well played. Yep, next raid, Hell in a Cell. <laughs> <laughs> I'd play that. It's <laughs> beautiful. So, talking about 9-2 in the future and stuff, all things considered, especially because, so now that we know it has been delayed until, again, it delayed for a second time to March 29th, it, it kind of makes me think that maybe they had to delay 9.2 because of our last lull, and now they're delaying it just maybe a little bit longer, it's just my own theory. But all things considered, between the pandemic, uh, what's going on now, which breaks my heart, and um, everything considered, do we think it's going to be a 9.3? I think so. I mean, I know people are thinking that um, there w- might not be. It would be, it'd be hard because 9.2, believe it or not, has been in development for a bit. Um, key art for, True. for 10.0 has likely been developed and they would need to heavily modify 9.2 to get the story at least the story beats in that they need to to have it uh, to have it like actually finish roughly where they want it to you can remove a mid-tier that's what happened in warlords they removed the middle tier but they still had the finale play out pretty much how they wanted it to with hellfire citadel taking out the end is a lot harder and that would mean that they sort of went okay scrap what we're working on with 9.2 escalate everything for 9.3 and then somehow also escalate 10.0 so that it isn't another huge delay till that which is actually asking them to work faster and i don't think that's how it's going to work unfortunately at this time i hope that's not going to work for their sake i hope not i will just quickly say i i'm I'm on board with taliesin's understanding about this i think that one of the reasons 9.1 took so long is i think they had to shift gears 
and they sh- basically shipped what would have been nine two. That's one of the reasons that because I think that. I mean, if you if you come at it and you're thinking about it like, oh, okay, we're going to Shadowlands and Sylvanas, all right, it's gonna be great. She's the she's the end boss of the second tier. That feels very rushed. That feels like like whoa, there's not like a little middle tier. We're not gonna go beat up some Thros guys over here because we Ali wants to go beat up Thros. Like, why didn't we go beat up Thros before we deal with Sylvanas? No, I want to burn it down. Not just oh, okay, beat it. Sure, I want to sure, burn sure. it down. So the fact that. You know, you had you. We already have dealt with Sylvanas, and Zoval is off to literally unmake reality. It feels like nine two is is urgent. We have to deal with that now. So, I don't think we're getting a nine three, and I think that's why nine one took so long. Is because I think I think nine one was well underway, and um, there were some delays, and there were some you know issues as we as we saw in the pandemic, and then we had the, they did the shift, and they're like. And, you know, as the project manager of the team, you know, Ian had to look at the numbers and his little, you know, project spreadsheet was like, this it's not gonna, it's not going to happen, guys. It's not going to happen. Like, we're, we're going to have to we're going to get some flack, but we're going to mm-hmm. have to, to shift gears. And, and I think they did. Yeah, I'm totally with you, Jared. Like in a in a world like put it this way, in a world where they haven't made any adjustments yet, I'm with I'm with Manny. There will be a 9.3. But I do believe that adjustments have been made. This is a very, uh, you know, this is a call that was probably made possibly before the release date. Like, that's how that's how much kind of ahead they have to get on this sort of thing. I think that Sylvanas was originally meant to be the end boss of, of 9.2. Now, whether or not that was meant to be in the Sanctum of Domination, I don't know. Maybe the Sanctum of Domination was meant to be the 9.1 raid but with different bosses i i I couldn't tell you um but i do agree with with jen and taliesin that they've already made those moves and that 9.2 will be the final story patch of this expansion and i would also add to that i don't want a 9.3 um i i like i want one if they haven't made any adjustments to the story, like if the scenario that Manny's describing is true, then yes, I want a 9.3 because I don't want the story to get cut off, but I do not want this expansion to go for three years. Like I, I want, they, they have a great opportunity to get this train back on track, right? 9.2 can come out quarter one of 2022. They can get a new expansion out by the end of next year. And uh, that puts them all back on track um and i think that it'll be a bummer that we missed out on content from shadowlands but i also think that the toll it's going to take for us to keep looking at the same content for three years is not worth it it's just not worth it like even if 9.3 is stellar we're all just going to be so sick of oribos of maldraxxus of bastion right like we don't want to look at this stuff for that long we want like let's face it, it's it's roughly two years in expansion, but it's roughly one to one and a half years, closer to one, that we actually live in an expansion without knowing what's coming, right? Like they announce yeah. if this was a regular year, we would be two weeks away from hearing about what the next expansion was is gonna be. And that sort of works because we hear about the next expansion before we finish the one we're on, right? We hear about the next expansion and then the final tier comes out. And then as that gets stale, 
we start to see data mining and we start to see alpha and we start to see beta and it just sort of works. But in a world where we're going to have a 9.3 that, I mean, at this pace, I would guess it comes out next summer at best, like, which means that unless they're going to rush out a new expansion, which I think Manny is kind of what you were implying. Um, but I just, I just don't see it happening. So I think that like having a, um, a 9.3 pushes 10.0 into 2023, early 2023 at best, most likely mid 2023. And that, uh, I think that that would just cost too much. And so I think that they've cut out some, I think we'll find out years later what it is that they cut out, but every expansion cuts something and it was probably awesome what they cut, but, uh, we do need to move on from Shadowlands. Like it's just, uh, it hasn't resonated well with the player base and I don't fault the developers. I fault COVID for it. I think this expansion was, has been pretty great. It's just been coming out so slow. Like even I, even I, a fatal blizzard apologist is just, uh, just like, I'm, I'm ready to move on, you know? I, um, <laughs> I, agree with you what we would want what would be nice would be to get the new expansion the new fresh paint of, uh, paint sooner than later um i just i don't see it people are like oh sylvanas like she should have been way later it's like yeah so should have guldan so should have uh like i guess you can make an argument that we already had a boss fight with um Hellscream in Mr. Pandaria, but he was what brought us into the next expansion, and he went out before we hit the first raid. Then you go into Legion, and Gul'dan is gone in the first major raid, the first tier set you get, and then we had two raids after him, right? No, sorry, 2.5, because I'm not even really going to consider the... um, Helia two boss raid for a try uh, uh, for that to be a full tier, right? So like, let's not count that. Let's say just two raids after that, and a whole lot of story beyond Gul'dan, which was the initiating factor. So like, these bridge characters, they also know that they do wear on people. We don't want to be chasing after somebody that we were dealing with the whole last expansion for it. And Sylvanas has. Do you think she's a bridge character though? I think she's way too big to be a bridge character. Which is why they've treated her better, right? Which is why there's been so much about her because she really kind of bridged. But then she from... shouldn't be compared to Gul'dan, right? <laughs> like if she's not a bridge character, then the Gul'dan comparison doesn't add up. Well, she is the bridge character. She is what brought us from one expansion into the next, right? And the only reason that she wasn't involved in the final raid is because they sort of brought her, took her out at the end of the uh, at the midpoint of BFA, right? That was like eight point two point five. That she suddenly wasn't in the picture. But as soon as we dealt with Nazoth, there she was to say, "Hey guys, let me open the doorway to our next expansion. Come follow me through." That's exact same thing that you had with Gul'dan. It's a very straight comparison. She might be treated better because she is a more prominent character but she's still serving that purpose. And I actually dislike that they keep doing that those that same character arc. I think they need to stop that. I think they have stopped it, which is why I don't see it that way. Hmm. So first boss in uh, Legion. That was Xavius, correct? Depends how you look to it. 
look at it. It depends how you look at it. Yeah. Xavius would be the answer, but also would be Legion, the intro raid, right? Legion was a different era of raid design when they used to do a, an intro raid. They used to do three tiers in an intro raid, but since BFA um, and assuming that they have a 9.3, which was probably their original plan, they don't have an intro raid anymore. They do four tiers, right? So, um, well, the, the intro rate is always considered uh, a tier by itself. No, like it's not. Is. Traditionally, no. There was no tier gear. There was no tier in uh, Emerald Nightmare. There was no tier in Mogushan, the intro raid to Mista Pandaria. Uh, there was no tier in the Ogre raid, the intro raid to Warlords of Draenor. The tier always enters in the second raid. That was the norm all the way up until Battle for Azeroth. That's because correct. they scrapped tier gear. Yeah, they got rid of tier <laughs> gear. Well, yeah, they, they right. scrapped tier gear, but like you also like when you're looking at your your uh, missile Pandaria comparison, you have Mogashan that had a six week break into uh, Heart of Fear, which then jumped into uh, uh, Toes, right? Terrace of the Endless Spring. Yeah, Before Heart of Fear we got and Terrace. Our next tier. Heart of Fear and Terrace are the first tier of Missa Pandaria, right? But Mogashan is the first raid of Missa Pandaria. Yeah, and. Uh, Blackrock Foundry is the first tier of Warlords of Drainer. But uh, but the gear Ogre, differential wasn't Ogre that Mc, high. Ogre McBum show over Highmall, yeah, is uh, <laughs> the first raid. Yeah, I always thought of the first raids as like the point like five before. And they usually, and in back in the day too, if you go back and watch those BlizzCons, they would generally announce those first two raids when they announced the expansion, right? Like, like when they announced Legion, they said High Mall is going to be the first raid. The, the first major tier will be the Nighthole, but we're we'll talk about that later. For now, we're going to talk about High Mall. Like they would announce the name Everybody. of that raid that's that, that's not actually coming out with the release of the expansion. So it's a total. It's a total shift as of Battle for Azeroth in the way that they release raid content. And I think that that shift also represents a change in that bridge character. Um, Gul'dan, his purpose was to, to die, right? He, was to, he, was, he played a storyline, but then he died and he's done. And that's, that's, that's yeah. it for him. But he also wasn't in the first raid. Like he was in the second raid, but the first yeah. tier. But he was in now. No. But like, but yeah, I mean... Is the point the, the the point remains right like that his his story he as a storytelling device his point was to to sp- to like be a catalyst of the next problem and then to mm-hmm. die and i agree with manny i i think that that's played out i don't want to see that anymore yeah, yeah. whereas in shadowlands we had castle nathria which was the first <laughs> tier and we didn't have a raid before that it was castle nathria and uh, with bfa right first tier yeah. was older older yeah. right Right, and like to break the to break it up, there was no person that was truly a catalyst into BFA that we dealt with early. Right, that no. didn't that didn't happen there. No, that's true. Yeah, because so, I think BFA is the change. Right, they that's when they started this new sort of four tier system. Which, frankly, I my my personal view is it hasn't played out that well. I, I would prefer that they go back to the other way of of doing it, but. I agree. Yeah. 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 But I I would like to see <clears throat> see the story get a good completion. I think that you have seen where they have shifted locations for for a final tier. We're talking about a BFA where most of the time we were out in like Pandaria and in Uldir and not really 
like yes we we went back to like Boralis uh, like in between but most of our time was actually spent out in these new zones and then in the raid that was in those zones giving us that breath of fresh air they can do that um, especially since they've been so close to the vest by playing the Corthia as part of the Maw and just refurbishing the Maw. If we get a completely new zone, right, that could help lengthen it out so that they can work uh, work forward. Yeah, I mean, uh, the I mean, Legion did this best, right? Uh, going to uh, Argus, uh, Argus is having it. It was massive, right? It was three sub zones. If they did something like that, that would go a long way. But even that, like when I think of like the waning days of Legion, I still spent, you know, when that first came out, I was all over that. But in the, in like the kind of lull time, I would probably spend the majority of my time outside of that zone doing other stuff. Cause you're, you're just farming stuff at that point. But like, I don't know. I, I just, I still feel like the right choice regardless of uh, the story that you wanted to tell, the right choice is to move on and get the next expansion out. I think that that's what they're doing. And I also hope that that's what they're doing. But if that's not what they're doing, then yes, I would like to see a 9.3. I don't want to see this story abruptly cut off. That would be terrible. Yeah, like that's been part of it because it's been so unique of a story with new characters and expanding our overall knowledge of this universe on a deeper level. And to see it cut off the, just the thought of it, it it's a shame and it makes me sad but at the same time it's understandable because they do have to balance between telling the story they want to tell versus keeping people engaged and still playing even with lulls and all of that and that's it's it's tricky and it's a fine line and i i don't envy them in trying to find that balance at all but I, I have hope that they will, one way or another, give us a nice wrapped up story. Well, it's not going to be wrapped up. Let's be honest. There's a million loose threads, but a nice story <laughs> where we kind of see threads. how it goes. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, so many loose threads. But you know, like at least some kind of conclusion to Shadowlands and gap us over into Tenno. Mm-hmm. I, I, I trust that they'll they'll do what they need to for that. But it does make me wonder what bits of story and activities and events and whatnot we may have missed out on because of everything that has happened and the delays and whatnot i definitely think that we we do whatever we see in 9.2 will answer a lot of questions and ask more just as this oh yeah it's the same with every patch that ever (laughs) comes out ever in in world of warcraft like i think this idea of looking at the game as a series of loose threads is a mistake like it's it's ongoing strings that we're just following we're 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 just following all these different strings they all kind of have something to do with each other but yeah ropes (laughs) (laughs) all these different ropes that all kind of have something to do with each other uh but don't really like they're their own self-contained ropes and sometimes the ropes touch but you know they don't have to uh all the time necessarily um but to to think of them as something that need to be tied up d- doesn't translate. Yeah, you don't at have all. to tie up ropes. It's also 
every rope, like when you good MMO writing, in my opinion, is this balancing act between tying up enough ropes to satisfy the story, but leaving enough open to like give you options in the future. You don't want to yeah. tie everything up succinctly in the in this kind of a story because you're just gonna you're losing opportunities to have something to do something amazing later. People love it when you tie into some old storyline that they they forgot about from ten years ago. So. Yeah. They yeah, don't we still do need it. to know what's going on with Zalatath. That's going to be a big one, and I think we'll, we'll probably yeah. learn what's going on with that next. And the next longer expansion. they decide to wait, like the more satisfying the story will be. That's mm-hmm. the crazy thing about it, right? Like they could um, well, they could have it well written out by now, and they'll just every expansion they're willing to put it off makes it ten percent more exciting when it happens. <laughs> I'd like to sort of throw the question back to our mistress of lore and just like get your uh, input in there. Like, what do you think? What are you going to do with all these loose ropes and uh, threads that are out there? My very mature, responsible uh, reply and not worrying about phrasing right now. Otherwise, this is going to be a very long show. Uh, (laughs) I... There's so many things I would have loved to see and like, it's, it's not any surprise for anyone who's listening to me in any content creation sphere anywhere that I really desperately wanted Shadowlands scenarios just you know akin to what we had to miss because there's oh, so many great. Yeah. little stories that they could tell because totally. there are infinite realms I still want to know where the freaking murlocs go when they die where is the murloc realm and can I go there <laughs> I just, I'm not getting that I'm probably not going to get that um, it's revengeous murlocs don't yeah. have souls Allie Maybe. they don't have souls there's a realm for them somewhere <laughs> They go to Eternal Beach and Christina Ricci. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, so I went circle. So, like, but like, honestly, like, it just it would have. There's just so many little stories they could have told, and I love that they've been so good about not overdoing with the Easter eggs, and I appreciate that. But I, I want more. (laughs) I'm I'm, (laughs) I'm with you. I loved the balancing act in 9.0. But I want I wanted some some deeper exploration, which we got a little bit in nine point one. Yeah. But I, I would have liked more for sure. <laughs> Go back to the devil. I oh Lance. Um yeah, so I really but I, at this point, because I feel like that would have been a great like nine point three, just an activity <laughs> to carry us through to the end of the expansion to the next one, something to do. I've I've given up that that's probably not gonna happen, and that's okay. I kind of I'm kind of wondering at this point that once once it started looking ahead and realizing that a 9.3 wasn't going to happen, I wondered if they started to kind of cut some things out of, you know, 9.2, bring some things from 9.3 into 9.2, and just kind of start moving their puzzle pieces around to still tell the basic overall story of that they want to tell, but still be able to keep us going and get to the next expansion without drawing it out. It's, it's my theory what they might be doing. Um, I... Really, I just I want I want more answers. We're we're just getting so many new great things about these different pantheons and the freaking brokers and their broker suits and the the plans of of Zaval and what could be possibly found in the sepulchre and the first ones and if they're dead and if they cycle like there's just so many things I I'm hoping we get answers to at some point and we're not going to get them all but at least some hopefully. Yeah, there's so, there's right. so many things that I would love to to see, and so that's why that's why I keep fighting, being like, "Hey, let's have a nine point three because you know more time to get some of that stuff." I'm not, as I know, 
people are saying that this expansion has been slow, but I feel like I feel like there's so much more to mine in here. I, I agree. I think it's a, a damn shame, but I do think that we need to move on. <laughs> That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I, I I would tend to agree with with Shoe Boots on this. It's it's a situation of like, yeah, Shadowlands is great and all, but like we kind of been here a while already, and nothing really is developing too much, and uh, I just want to get out of here. Well, and I think we're gonna be feeling it more towards the end of nine point nine one five. Because yeah. I mean, we're getting some we're getting some things quality of life, which is going to be great, and we're getting, uh, you know, the Mage Tower, and we're getting Solo Islands, which I'm so happy about. But it's still not it's not a new story for so for those who are are really big in the story, like it's going to feel like even longer. So by the time we're like halfway through nine point two, we're going to be begging for ten o. Yeah, the the best thing coming in nine one five, the best thing of all the things coming, is nine point two data mining. Right. Like that's the, <laughs> that's what we really want. Like I'll, I don't, I'm at a point right now where I don't, I don't care about any of the stuff. I don't care about the covenant, the rip cord. I don't care about the time walking because um, I, I mean, I'll play it. It'll be, it'll be fun, but I, I did a bunch of mage tower when it was current. Um, so so I'm kind of fine stuff to get now. Yeah. There's, I mean, yeah, sure. But like, I just want to know what the next dungeon is. I want to know what the tier I'm, I I'm well, sure yeah, that we're going to get tier sets for 9.2. So um, I want to see those tier sets because those will determine what classes we all want to play more than any gameplay aspect that they might announce. It'll be, no, that rogue set looks really cool. I guess I'm going to be a rogue now. And, uh, I'm going to agree with you, you boots with, with one slight addendum. There is one thing that is slightly better than the, than the 9.2 data mining. And that is the fact that they are buffing Fury Warriors single target damage by <laughs> roughly 4%. Okay. That is that right there. That is the, that's the number one. Okay. Right there with you. But, but the, as someone who does a, a lore show and uh, me personally was a little underwhelmed by the grimoire of Shadowlands and the information we got from it. Yeah, I want that 9.2 data mining real bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think I think we need what I would like to see is uh like you know, do a video, get get lore and the ion cannon up there and just uh have them do a video. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, Jeremy. Jeremy. <laughs> I am. I don't get this. Limit max point that phrase as far as I know, but uh, I'm, I'm keeping it. Uh, get them up there and saying like, obviously you don't have to spill all the beans, but tell us what your timeline is. Like, I, I think yeah. that they need to like roadmap. Tell us, yeah, they need to roadmap what's coming for the next year. Are we getting a nine point three? Tell us now, so that we're not angry about it when you actually do announce it. Like. I I mean, the way timing works out is it makes sense that at the next BlizzCon, which is presumably going to be February-ish, that, the, that they would be expected to announce the next expansion at that event. 
Well, I mean, there is precedent of them not necessarily announcing the the, the expansion um, at that. The last time yeah. we had a uh, kind of uh, expansion experience was World of Draenor, and that's when they announced Legion, and that was, I believe, August uh, time yeah, they frame announced at, at, Gamescom. at Gamescom. Yeah, Gamescom, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if next month they announce what it is. Uh, like I, I would not be shocked if that. Sure, they're not. They're probably not going to do BlizzCon Line in November. I think they're, they're they've already pretty much announced it's probably going to be sometime in February because they did say that they're not doing something. But whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know all those details, but I do think that they probably you know the Ion Cannon will be rolled out, and, <laughs> <laughs> and they're going to be blasting us with some information on what the uh, the next expansion is going to be sooner rather than later. I think. So I do agree it's going to be sooner than later, but do you think they're going to do it as soon as next month, given that there's still so much story that we don't know for the rest of this expansion? I think considering that most of the time when they announce it, we they we don't we usually don't even know what the last patch is. Like, Fair. Okay. From what, what, if I remember my timelines correctly, and I could be wrong, but correct me if I am, I think they usually say, hey, guys, we're doing this patch. Like, we're going to 4.3 or 4.4, whatever it was. Oh, and by the way, here's your next expansion too. Like they, they usually kind of bundle those two together. <laughs> I remember. I, I think if I'm keeping score, it's it's a toss up. But the, the, I would say the last few expansions they have, like I'm thinking, Battle for Azeroth, the Ion Cannon did a video where they did a presentation on what 8.3 is going to be, and they did that about a month ahead of BlizzCon because they knew that they wanted to talk about Shadowlands at BlizzCon, and Legion. I think it was a similar situation. Uh, but yeah, it's possible. I just think, um, I think that what's, I think that Blizzard is probably really eager to talk about 9.2. And I, I would not be surprised if within two weeks of 915 coming out, they're dropping some information on 9.2, especially since November is such a healthy time to do it because nobody expects you to make progress in December. Right. Like that's kind of why it's such a great time to announce new expansions because you announce your new expansion in November and the attitude of people is that they don't really care about it until next year. Like you kind of buy yourself two months of, of no expectations. So, um, I, yeah, I think that, uh, November, I'd be shocked if November goes by and we don't know what 9.2 is. I'm not saying we're going to get, you know, test realms but i think that they're gonna like put out a blurb about what's gonna happen and we'll probably get test realms maybe december but probably january that's that's in my mind what the timeline is mayhaps mayhaps (laughs) the more content we get the sooner the better like honestly yeah but that's always the case right and but they know that right like they must know that oh yeah there's there's no way they, they don't know that and like they might not say it out loud but that's because they're working on the content not bemoaning the lack of content yeah. but if, if it I is true want... sorry go ahead i cut sorry. you off i just want to say the one thing that i wish that they learned from this is stop tying story to renown i just know i would love to have story when the story is there if they want to put out story in 9.1.5 it doesn't need to come with another 20 ranks of renown just give me the story i think that's the biggest issue with 9.1.5 and the 0.0.5 patch is that 
they couldn't throw in story because each story had to come doled out with this amount of renown and it's it's hamstringing them just get rid of it screw around i i do agree we don't need the time gating i know why they do it like because they're so worried about their sub numbers and i don't think that that direction necessarily comes from the dev team but from people above them but um but clearly it works right um but I'm with you. I think that it'd be way better for the game to just dump the whole story on us. It, it, even if even if the hardcores burn through it the first week and then start whining about content, those same people are not going to unsub, right? Like those aren't the people that are going to unsub. They are the people that are going to post that they're going to unsub, but they're not going to unsub. They're just they're just yeah. going to whine. And they're going <laughs> to whine no matter what, right? They're going to whine that you're gating the content or they're going to whine that there is no content. So yep. you might as well just give the people what they want. But they don't know what they want. No, they're they're paying fifteen dollars a month to complain. That is the meta game for them. <laughs> the meta game. <laughs> That's a um, weird game they play on the forums. Yeah. <laughs> well, if does anyone have anything else they would like to say before we start wrapping things up? Well, as Keystone Master Champion. <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> oh okay i'm gonna I, we will talk about this in the after show <laughs> I, I i think uh in closing i would just say that uh it has been a rough few months uh obviously we're not here to talk about the real life stuff happening at, at blizzard we're not here to, obviously that doesn't take away from the seriousness of it but i think for everybody here certainly for me uh, there was a period of like, not only has there been a lull, but like that really took me out of the game for a while. And I think it took the Blizzard developers out of the game for a while. And uh, I think we're at, I, I'm personally at a point right now where it's like, you know, I'm a bit of a pessimist. I don't think that there's going to be any real justice that comes from this whole thing. But I am also thinking that things will get to some degree better. And I think, and I hope they already have. Um, and I've kind of just made my decision that, uh, um, I enjoy this game and want to keep playing it and it would be hypocritical of me to, uh, deny myself that. So that's, that's where I'm at. But like all of that also goes into the equation that, so you've got that you've got COVID, which is delaying the game. You've got what, uh, clearly Jen and I think, and, and maybe some others of you that, that they, that they did amalgamate nine, one and nine, two together, which took time, I'm sure. So you've got all these things that have like stretched it out even worse than than what it was and uh and my hope is that now that i mean i don't i don't live in california maybe jen could speak more about this i don't know how much things are locked down there right now but my hope is that they're able to uh get back to work to some extent and um that some of the things that made it very difficult for them have either either i don't know if they're working in the office at this point or hopefully if they're not they've come up with better systems to to work away from the office at this point but um i i think that uh nine two is going to be a banger and i think i'm really excited for for 10-0 i think that the next couple years of blizzard are going to be of world of warcraft are going to be some of the better years of world of warcraft and if i'm wrong i'll probably quit playing the game but uh uh i i'm i'm excited but we just need to get through a little bit more of this lull we're not out of it yet 
Uh, I'd say that like everybody has a different place where they're at right now in terms of World Warcraft, in terms of their life. Uh, people need to make choices based on that. So whatever choice you make is good for you. And I'm not going to say that that's the wrong choice. And I don't believe any of us can say that the choice is right or wrong for anybody else. I really do think that what Boots was saying is true. There is a lot going on. And we have to realize that the developers are people too that aren't just going through like the madness that is going on in this world, but a madness that was going on in the culture that's finally coming to a reckoning. However pessimistic or optimistic you might be, it is going to take time to resolve, unfortunately. And hopefully that will come to some form of a better place for the people working on the game as well as the people who are playing the game but right now enjoy what you can look forward to what you can look forward to and do and do what you can in the meantime that's it play classic Oh man! Oh, so I'm supposed to say something insightful and wonderful now? Okay, you can just yeah. say play classic. Uh, that was pretty insightful. <laughs> yeah, right I yeah, I don't know insightful. how you taught play classic. I, was... uh, I don't know. I'm just looking forward to whatever is coming up next in the, the future of uh, this whole franchise. I'm looking forward to the whatever the heck is going to be 9.2 and 10.0 because I don't think there's going to be a 9.3 as we already discussed. Um, so yeah. That's, I don't know. I, I I still have hope that whatever comes next is like Shuba said is going to be uh, pretty freaking awesome, and I do hear it is going to be uh, very good. And when I say I do hear, that's just my own internal monologue. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so then one last question, just go around, just really really quick, because uh, Goblin Graphics asked this in chat. What are our wild nine point two predictions? Just really quick. Uh, so we're going to the Emerald Dream and obviously a, a little short detour to the Sepulchre of the first ones. Okay. Uh, Sylvanas and Arthas escape together and uh, get their own HGTV show where they renovate houses that are <laughs> that they then flip and sell. And then they okay. kiss. It's called Dying to Sell. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well done. You and your titles. Oh, I hate it. <laughs> Most I hate it. I utterly hate it. <laughs> all right, all right. I got two. First one is a little more grounded. Um, with the addition of tier sets, they allow us to also equip an additional legendary. And it could happen. (laughs) Could happen. And the one that is way out there in 9.2, Jared RPG finds his forever main. That's not going to happen. Not going to say, Manny, Manny, you and I are kind of a rare breed where we just stick with the same kind of character. Mm. It's. It doesn't, yeah. A lot of these people, they like their alts. They're weird. So I'm gonna, I don't like my alts. I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say uh, that ain't it, Chief. 
That's why two legendaries is sounding pretty good right now, doesn't it? Sounding well, yeah. pretty reasonable. <laughs> if you're if you're in the chat, I think there's only one way that I'm going to find my forever main, and that's uh, depending yeah. on the announcements. That uh, well, I'll, <laughs> I'll be in chat. <laughs> if you're not in chat, Boots really wants tinkers in the game. Just yeah. saying. Well, that is going to be an awesome profession. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I will say that the one class that could actually get me to uh, actually re-roll, and I've said it multiple times, and that is the Bard. And that will probably never show up in World of Warcraft. So that's okay. Yeah, yeah, if, I'd probably if, switch if for a Bard too. If Chris Metzen has his way, you know. Yeah. Bard is never being introduced into the World of Warcraft. Bard is the best. Best class. They could amalgamate the two ideas. So instead of you like playing the instruments yourself to like buff or whatever, you like create little like toys. Like, you know, that little chimpanzee that like smashes the tambourines and that buffs <laughs> Tinker Bard. I'm just, I'm just saying like everyone is stuck on this concept that a Bard is a strictly a support class. It's it doesn't just, have to be. The, it, yeah, it absolutely doesn't have to be. I don't know if anyone has actually played a Bard in like current Dungeons and Dragons, not like a D and D of second edition. It, they're very different now, guys. They're very different. Okay, <laughs> they don't have okay. to be the same. Like I stand back here and play music. It's different. Okay, so you like it's play off key and that like taunts the enemy. They're like, oh god, stop! And then they chase. I throw my loot at you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Again, they're different. That's all I'm saying. So yeah, I mean, like, okay, not a support class because I don't think world of warcraft can support uh, can like actually create a support class but you have like the bard do different things within there so like a melody that heals or a melody that does like aoe damage or and that sort of stuff i think it could work i would love that i think it could work deals damage manny now distance is a raid mechanic <laughs> Oh, yes. Yeah, there's many ways that you could go about it. And it's beautiful. And that's what I want. I think we are due for a class in next expansion. Next expansion. Yeah, yeah. I, I think can, we were due for not? a class in Shadowlands, but they just decided to cut it. Mm. Can they not? Like, the, like can, can we just balance the, like... 30 odd classes and maybe not no. throw in like four different subversions of those uh, those specs and classes to make it no. just that much harder to balance just no no, no we need no. more classes we need another class actually wearing mail please it's a little weird it's the tinker <laughs> it's the bard and and they've been planning it I, I mean I don't want to hijack this show and go into a half hour rant about how it's please obviously don't. the tinker but <laughs> Okay, so in Battle for Azeroth, you'll notice that. <laughs> is there a mute button on Zencaster? Can, can I mute you? There is. Oh, it's down, it's down there. You can see it. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it, right? Al, yeah. you, you got any final thoughts? closing thoughts? Um, I want to bone, burn Thrust down. You want to bone? My, my, <laughs> that's a different story. No, I want to burn. Burn. Boning, I will burn something else. But first, I will burn. Come on down to Maldraxxus. There's lots of that going on. Yeah. Anyways, I want to burn Thrust down um, for various reasons that my fellow Night Fae know about. 
and everyone else who might know the story, they probably know too. I'm bitter. I want to burn Thoros down. Um, and I, you know, obviously the sepulchers. I think we're going to go to see the sepulchre and, and and see all that. And I think I'm just going to have to deal with not getting my scenarios. Yeah. And maybe the Nathanos. Someone in chat was mentioning Nathanos. Like, we haven't seen Nathanos. I think we're going to see even just yeah. like a little glimpse. Yeah, little, I agree. Little, I agree. Little, I think Nathanos will probably be in the next raid because they were like, yeah. oh, you didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> They they had yeah. to cut it for time so we could only get nine point two. Sad. Whatever it's going to be, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. And there's just so much to learn and so much I would love to learn and so many answers unanswered. So whatever it is, I'm going to just enjoy it and have fun along the way. Yeah. All right. I think that's so, a show. <laughs> I think that is a show. Why don't we go around, uh, let people know where they can find you on the interwebs and whatnot, starting with Jen. Oh, me? Okay, sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. as at Jared Kuster. I usually go by Jin because there's another Jared and I, we just avoid confusion. It's okay. So anyways, uh, and if you would like to listen to me ramble about random things, uh, usually lore related, usually, um, except that one time where I was doing a U.S. history. That was fun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a uh, live, laugh, lore. And there uh, you can find that show uh, pretty much uh, anywhere where you get your podcasts. Um, yeah, I think anywhere you get your podcast, you can find it. Yeah, like I said, live, laugh, lore, and the podcast on Twitter. It's uh, live underscore laugh underscore lore. That's the one. That's me. Hi. Bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs> and that's his cat Libby. Jared, how about you? Uh, you can find me on uh, the wonderful show for Azeroth alongside my co-host Manny, who is also here. <laughs> Um, and you can also find me on Twitter, uh, personally at Jared RPG. And you can also find me on my Twitch where I stream occasionally, uh, at twitch.tv slash Jared RPG. Shoeboots. Um, I'm going to be canceling all my social media and moving forward. You can only find me on either LinkedIn or OnlyFans. So, uh, oh my. no, I'm just kidding. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Shoeboots. Um, I not doing any podcasting right now, but this has been really fun. I'd love to do some more, but, uh, I am working on some video stuff, nothing to announce yet, but you can find me on YouTube in the meantime, I might put out a video or two in the next little while, but I, uh, have plans to do more video, um, as soon as I can get my life together. Thank you. <laughs> and it will be great when you do. <laughs> Manny, how about you? Well, you already heard that I am one of the co-hosts on For Azeroth with the wonderful Jared RPG. You can check that out at Faz Podcast over on Twitter, and that is part of Warcraft Radio, where I am one of the producers. So we do a lot of different Warcraft Blizzard shows over at Warcraft Radio. You can check that out at warcraftradio.com. And my latest show is about social, you know, Social interactions, being part of this world, and all the crap that we have to deal with, you know, through the lens of gamers. And that is Going IRL, and that show will be debuting later this month. So check that out. That is Going IRL Pod over at Twitter. You may, in fact, be the third follower, because this is the first time I'm really saying it. 
That's really exciting. I'm, right, I'm going to be the third follower. Yeah. Let's see if I can do it. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can find me. Dinner talked about the Live Left Lore stuff. So you can also find me at Dungeon Fables or DungeonFables.com where I talk about the lore behind dungeons and raids throughout Warcraft and have way too much fun with voice lines. And you can find me on Twitter at Aliandros K and I stream occasionally at twitch.tv slash Aliandros, which some of you already know that because you're here in chat. And speaking of chat, thank you all so much for being here and having fun with us and talking and just, it's been great. And we really appreciate every single one of you. Just, just so you know, I was the third follower. So. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. <laughs> All right, with that, we are going to hit this big stop button right here, but you'll see us next time with Beerus Fall 5 whenever that happens. Probably 9.2, I'm guessing, when we get a new story. But uh, stay tuned. We'll obviously, we will all talk about it when it does happen. And until then, we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. Cheers. Oh, Jen. I just, I just, what? I'm just, okay. Ask, ask you almost Ask me anything. almost anything. That's your, okay, you just read me uh, What are you doing? Uh, I don't know. Like, how you doing? There you go. How you doing? How I'm you doing, doing great. I'm, I am tired because of this beautiful layout. I was up way too late working on it, but, um, it was a fun night. So I'm doing pretty good. Did you lay the bricks yourself? I did not. <laughs> I absolutely did not. Jared, did you go get a piece of bread? I did go get a piece of He bread. absolutely <laughs> did. It's not like you stay sober. You're, you're just trying to keep it up. All sympathetic. Soak here. up that alcohol, man. Mm, bread. All right, all right. What is the character that you would like to see the lore focus on next? I'm going to start with Mr. Jin. Oh, I got to pick someone that the lore would focus on next. Um... Yeah, because there's always some like surrogate character that's carrying carrying it through whether it's cadgar or whoever rathion rathion i actually think if rathion stuck around as like like if you wanted to go grounded in azeroth next expansion i do think you could do something like the dragon isle kind of like type of thing tie it in maybe start learning about in learning about more of those additional titan facilities that were kind of named in bound for azeroth that we had no context around um, maybe they are located on the Dragon Isles, right? And I think Rathion would be a perfect kind of like, you know, you know, slot in for you know the the Cadgar, the the Magni, or Bolvar, even though he hasn't really been doing a ton in Shadowlands, but you know, he's still played the role. He's just not as like omnipresent. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. boom, we're, we're not getting as many. <laughs> <laughs> more, more bread, Jared. Uh, we're not getting as many like bad jokes from Bolvar. <laughs> I was impersonating. All right, you know what? <laughs> <laughs> Let me go get another piece of bread. <laughs> <laughs>